We're back! Hey everyone, and welcome to And the Award Goes To. Uh, I'm JT Atkins, and with me is... Rocky Rodoy. And this week, what are we talking about, Rocky? Uh, this week, we went and saw War for the Planet of the Apes. And, and how this, was it? It was great. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was pretty awesome. Especially yeah. for a third movie. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is turning into, uh, like we've already mentioned it before in our own talking, but this is turning into like one of the better modern day trilogies yeah, that's been out for like anything. I mean, not even just in sci-fi, just like in general. Yeah. In general, like it's being good. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, we just got out of seeing it. It was really good. Uh, we're not going to go into it just yet. We're going to try some other, some other segments yeah. with, uh, with our show this week. Yeah. We're developing into an actual show. We're yeah. testing things out. <laughs> Talking about other things. Yeah. But um, we're going to start with some news first. So, Rocky, what do you got? Did you hear any news this week? I heard a bunch of different news. Um, You know, I'm really actually excited that we're doing it this way. Yeah. That we're doing news because it makes me feel like we're bonding. It does. Speaking of bonding. We're holding hands as we're talking about news. Yes. And speaking of bonding, Daniel Craig is coming back as James Bond for one more film. Is he? Yes, he is. I didn't see anything about that. Yep. Really? When was when was that? When did you see that? Uh, Tuesday. Really? They announced that Daniel Craig would be coming back for one more. It was really up in the air for a while if he was going to yeah, or I not. Didn't, I didn't think he was coming back. Yeah, because he said he was tired of doing it. But uh, they said he said he's coming back for one more. Huh. So Okay. I've only seen... Um, I'm not the biggest uh, James Bond-like mm-hmm. person. I've seen maybe two whole movies out of like all of the movies starring right. like all the other people that have played bonds. Um, but I've seen one, one of the few that I have seen was the Daniel Craig one. It was the guy, um, the bad guy from, uh, the bad guy that was in the bond movie. He was the guy from no country from old men. Yeah. He about them. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He was like the bad guy in it or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, Skyfall. Oh, okay. Skyfall. Gotcha. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig's great. Uh, he was supposed to do five films. How many has he done so five, far? Four. Oh, okay. And he, his contract was for five. He wasn't going to come back for the fifth one because he was tired. He said he would rather just bow out before he gets the Bond curse where 90% of the Bond actors, with the exception of Sean Connery, really didn't go on and do a whole lot more after their oh. Bond career ended. Oh, okay. Even Pierce Brosnan. So yeah. he'd want to kind of bow out and He's just do other things. He's got a movie coming out this year. Or no, he's on a TV show right now, I think. Who? Pierce Brosnan. Um, he's on a new AMC TV show. Oh, is it? just started. I haven't watched it. It looks like garbage but oh, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched it but yeah it, um okay i didn't know that was a uh yeah bond so thing. so it's official that he will be coming back for one more gotcha how about you what you got um well rocky do you like stranger things i do like stranger did things. did you see that the uh release date and there was like a poster for stranger things season two this week i saw the poster but i didn't see the release date the release date i believe is october 27th okay um so it's coming out i know when they did the first trailer it was like uh halloween stranger things 2 coming to netflix blah blah blah. but it's not going to actually be on halloween when it comes out it's coming out october 27th um and from what i've seen of some of the stuff and the like trailers and screenshots and everything they've done I guess it's going to like the story of Stranger Things season two is going to be starting on Halloween, like okay. for the kids, mm-hmm. like in one of the stills, in one of the stills of the show. They're just uh, like Ghostbusters. Yeah, they're just right? like Ghostbusters okay. and shit. Yeah, so that. yeah, they're going to be like out trick or treating and doing all their kid stuff, you know, that made the first season so great. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, they're going to, it's going to be that. And then there was a synopsis too. I couldn't, 
I didn't bother looking it up or copying what it was or anything, yeah, but spoiled. yeah, yeah. But there, there was a synopsis. So and it's all really ominous still. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. What it's about. But they're uh, Will Byers. Yeah, Will Byers is back. He's cool. going to be the kid who got you know into the into the upside down. Yeah, in the first yeah. in the first uh, season, he's going to be back and i from oh. what it looks like he's gonna have a prominent role on this one awesome. as well but he's not gonna be like absent the whole time yeah. like he's gonna be with him but yeah it looks like it's gonna be really good and that's october 27th and it looks like Netflix. 11's back also right i haven't seen any pics I saw of one her, in entertainment but, okay uh, weekly like the cover of entertainment weekly had her but she had like curly hair now oh wow. so i guess they i mean it's not a surprise that they're gonna bring her back in some way yeah yeah i know no, i would expect her to be, be back yeah I don't yeah know. I don't know what's going to go on. I was just kind of hoping that was going to be an anthology series. I was kind of hoping they weren't going to make a second season that was going to directly yeah. pick up where the that first one left first off. season was so good. Like, it was so good. Yeah. It was well-contained. It was like, that could have been a solid by itself story. And yeah, absolutely. Just like all 80s movies, how it kind of leaves off with a like, yeah. cliffhanger ending or doesn't fully get explained like a lot of yeah. 80s horror movies did. And yeah. then the next season could be just a completely new story. It could story, have been something completely you know? different, yeah. But I still enjoy the cast so much and everybody that I'm happy to see Yeah, it was so well done. On. Like, what is it, the uh, the Duffer brothers, they're going to be, they're back at the helm. Mm. They're going to be directing and writing a lot of the stuff and producing and everything. And yeah, everyone that was involved with that first season did such a good job. So awesome. I'm fine with the second season cool. being, coming, coming right after it. That's fine. Continuing the story. Well, Clint Eastwood is about to start directing a new film. Oh, really? Um, called 1517 to Paris, um, based on an actual event. It's based on the ISIS terrorist attack that was prevented by three friends in August 2015. Oh, um, wow. On a train from Brussels to Paris. The interesting thing, though, that he's doing with this movie is that he casted all three of the actual people in their really? roles. Yeah. What? He did cast actors. Holy crap. It's going to be the actual three guys that stopped the attack. I wonder if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing then. Cause it like, it could go either way. Yeah. Cause with acting, <laughs> like it's, you know, that's acting is an art form. And so you kind of have to, you can't just like get someone random mm-hmm. to do. So I wonder if those guys are going to do a good job. Like, I mean, of course they've got the, uh, the first-hand experience with yeah, the situation. So yeah, there's I mean, that, he's, but he's a good enough director where, you know, yeah. If he's a good enough director to direct them into actually acting and yeah. get the right people behind them to teach them how to do scenes, and yeah. I don't see why not, but it's definitely an interesting thing for him to actually get. I'm honestly not too familiar with any of his work, though. Like, I don't really follow Clint Eastwood that oh, really? much. I've seen, like, the first half, I think, of Gran Torino. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause that was like, I was in a screenwriting class back in college, mm-hmm. and I remember we were studying some of that mm-hmm. movie. So that's, like, where I watched a lot of the. like half of the movie like we didn't finish it in class because i think we were just dissecting like the first act or something sure and so we didn't like watch the whole it was what i saw of it was pretty decent yeah that's um, that's a good one of his i mean the last 10 15 years his directing career has been hit or miss yeah but uh back in the day he was a super consistent director and i've always loved him as an actor also i mean he's the star of my favorite trilogy of all time, the yeah. no, no name trilogy, and oh, okay. I love his different westerns. I like him as Dirty Harry yeah. and all that stuff. So, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he does with this. It's definitely an interesting take. That'll be interesting. Okay, um, let's see what I got. 
Oh, I saw a thing about uh, Wonder Woman. So the Wonder Woman sequel might maybe be in the 80s. Yeah. With Captain Steve Trevor somehow coming back. I hope not. Yeah, I don't know what they're going <laughs> to do with that. Like, spoiler alert for Wonder Woman, but uh, he dies at the end. Yeah. He sacrifices he, himself. He, yeah, and we'll really cheapen that if they bring him back. Yeah. Well, anything less than a vision. Yeah. Well, well either of it. I've heard people say maybe like a vision, but I've also heard kind of that thing, like how they did in Marvel where, uh, in Spider-Man, where the principal was the offspring yeah, of one of the guys. So there's kind of been like, someone's like, oh, maybe it's just like Steve Trevor's like son or grandson kind or of something. kind of fucked up and... if he had a wife and kid <laughs> right back home and he's fucking Diana over in Europe. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be kind of messed up. It, I mean, maybe he doesn't have a wife and or he does have a wife and kid, but it's like they weren't on good. Separated. Yeah, they were like yeah, separated or something. So he was in fact like single or something. So he wasn't being like a shitty dad and yeah, just like just, going just has a bastard yeah yeah or something like that too that could definitely be it but yeah in the 80s i'm not sure what they can really touch in the 80s like a lot of people have been like oh wonder woman will go to world war Two or the vietnam war or the yeah. korean war or um, like whatever and was the cold war still kind of yeah, going on in the 80s say, so... they're talking about her fighting the soviets um, cause that's the end of the Soviet, like cold war and everything. It was oh, okay. in the 80s. That's what I, okay. That's like when the Berlin wall fell and everything, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I was kind of thinking like, well, would you like to see her dress like Madonna or something like that? Like have <laughs> no. like a different, no. it'd be too ridiculous. But the thing about it is she's kind of not a fish out of water at this point. Now she's no, yeah, been in our world at this point she'll for be like 70 yeah. years yeah she'll know what's going on um so you can't do the whole naive fish out of water so is this whenever she starts becoming jaded to our world yeah or... yeah absolutely because in batman vs superman she's very much like she's not it's not that she's not likable or anything she's just very kind of above everything mm-hmm. like you can tell that she's kind of like more than just a person like yeah, batman right. is a man and superman is an alien mm-hmm. and wonder woman's like like there's that line where they go to fight Doomsday and he she's like I've I don't think she says I've killed gods but she says she says like I've killed Monsters things from other worlds before or whatever yeah. and so yeah she's like she doesn't bat an eye at Doomsday there's a part where she gets like knocked all the way across the field and she just like smirks yeah, and then jumps back out yeah, yeah and so uh, it's yeah it'll be interesting to see what else she kind because of, maybe we'll see the other monster from another world that she killed I don't yeah for sure I don't know I don't know too many of her villains either but. Yeah, well, we'll see. What else you got? Um, I actually have one that connects into... I got two more news stories, but um, my first one is one that actually connects into the director we're going to be talking about today, Matt Reeves, and oh, okay. his uh, Batman picture. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so Batman is being taken over by Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. who just who's the director we're going to be talking about yeah, today, directed Don directed Planet of the Apes, Don, War, War for the, the Planet of the Apes, Apes and directed, Cloverfield. Yeah, the original Cloverfield movie. Um. Ben Affleck stepped down for anybody that doesn't know. Um, he was supposed to originally star and direct. He was doing all. He was he was helping write that. Right, he was helping write. Terrio. He was directing. Uh-huh. He was acting. And at one point, he just realized it was too much. He's like, I can't focus on what really yeah. needs to be done here. I think Ben so versus Superman to... kind of broke him. Also, yeah, like, well, didn't get the feedback from it. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. This is a lot of responsibility, which yeah. is understandable, especially no, yeah, whenever definitely. there's a time in the you know early 2000s and 90s whenever. People thought Ben Affleck was washed up and didn't think yeah. he was a good actor. Yeah. And he comes back with this amazing directing streak. Yeah, like, we're like all these movies stuff. are great. Yeah, yeah. And then he got really distracted while doing Batman vs. Superman. And he put out that movie Live by Night, which he was so distracted doing this DC stuff that it wasn't a well-received movie because hmm. it didn't have all his focus. Okay. So he's just like, I'm stepping away from it. 
They got Matt Reeves to come in and direct the film. Yeah. Originally, I guess the script that Ben Affleck, Chris Terrio had, they threw out. So they could remake a new script. Uh, Matt Reeves, I don't know if he's writing it alone or co-writing it with somebody. I would imagine co-writing it. Yeah, I, I think he's co-writing it. With uh, I think I saw, because this was one of the things I was going to bring up too, and I think I saw that he's working with someone. I just don't know who yeah, it was. Yeah, to uh, fit him better as a director, which is completely understandable. Yeah, yeah that's fine. When asked about it, he said that it was going to be a more personal journey. Originally, he said it was going to be more noir-driven. Yeah, So we're going to get more Batman movie that's more personal. Yeah. And it's going to be gritty and noir-driven. But I I, I imagine with the noir stuff, it'll be very, like, not him just, like, going around and beating up bad guys. Like, he's going to be investigating He's going to be a detective. He's going to be looking, yeah, he's going to be looking into things. He's going to have, like, a case that he's trying to solve and stuff like that. Absolutely. And uh, he said, while on press tour for War for the Planet of the Apes, he was quoted saying, I'm just finishing this movie, obviously. We're just literally showing it today. So that journey is just beginning. But what I hope to do with that is what I've tried to do with this apes, which is to tell a very personal point of view driven story where you feel what it is to be inside of that character. To see a Batman story that's hopefully new, something you haven't seen before, where you have an emotional identification with him. That's very strong, kind of like a noir Batman. Huh. So he's completely writing, rewriting the script, and yeah. that should be going into development next year. I think they're now shooting for 2019 release date. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I know they said something about, because uh, Justice League comes out this this uh, November, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll, have, we'll have to get more people in on our little bet with us. We have our, our bet where I think Justice League on opening weekend is going, well, I don't know. We didn't really say just opening weekend, did we? Did we say a better opening weekend? Or I don't know how we're doing. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to put more or just overall. Yeah, we got to put more stipulations on it. But basically, money wise, monetarily, I think that Justice League is going to do better in theaters than Thor Ragnarok because Thor Ragnarok comes out a week after Justice League, and so you think Thor is going to do better? Yeah, I think, I think gonna Justice League is going to do better. We'll mm-hmm. have to retouch on that later and have people like email in or yeah, tweet right. at us or go on our Facebook or whatever and let us know what they think. But I definitely think justice league's going to do better and justice league that. So that comes out this year. And then what's DC have scheduled for next year? Cause like Batman probably wouldn't be 2019. Um, Aquaman. Aquaman. Aquaman is, comes is 2018. Is that the only DC movie right now? Uh, slated? Um, I that's the only one I know of. I think I feel like originally the Flash was supposed to be 2018, but it lost its directors. Yeah, yeah, the Flash is so just going through a lot of shit. Back. Yeah, yeah, they're going through a lot of shit with the Flash. Let's see. So, oh, here's something. Um, Warner Brothers is aiming to. That's what. That's what it was. That was a 2018 thing. That's right. So uh, Warner Brothers is aiming to begin shooting of su- the Suicide Squad sequel, mm. and they want are they re- they're planning to start filming it in 2018. Mm. They're eyeing some. I can't pronounce his name. It's like Yame Kalitsera as a director. He's done. I had to look up his IMDb. He's done uh, Orphan, The Shallows, and something that you probably know by him, House of Wax. Oh my god! He directed. He made, he made three terrible movies. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So DC's been doing a pretty good job recently of getting directors that actually have vision and like fixing everything. <laughs> They're like, let's just get this bullshit director so we can get Suicide Squad two out there and. Just kill the franchise quick so they don't make any more of them. Rocky, why don't you tell everyone? How did you? What did you think of Suicide Squad? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it. Yeah, that was. I mean, me personally, like I've mostly like what DC has put out, and Suicide Squad. Even even I was just like, really? Yeah. Like, come on! Like it was whatever. It was. I don't think it was like 
horrible horrible like a lot of people yeah. shit on it I, did, I, didn't, I didn't hate it but yeah it's just like whatever i do th- I, I do didn't think hate jared leto I, I did not think yeah i didn't think jared leto as joker was but very I thought good they either. had a they had a promising enough cast they could have done something with it yeah better, yeah they, they could they could have did something a little bit more i did enjoy a little bit more i did enjoy the uh the like director's cut or extended cut or mm-hmm. whatever it is the uh, apology went, letter like been <laughs> kind of yeah films. yeah i went back and watched that before we saw wonder woman i went back and i watched uh B- bbs and i watched suicide squad because i hadn't seen the suicide squad extended cut yet so mm-hmm. i looked that up and it was i i remember telling you it was i enjoyed that a little bit more just because there seemed to be more character development in certain scenes sure. like there was really cool parts that happened a couple different times where uh the suicide squad they're in What's the place called? Like Midway City or something? That's the name of the city. It's I yeah, think that's the place they're at. Something. Where yeah, yeah, but they're like going through it, and they're with the um, like the military people they're mm-hmm. with, and they're like going through the street. And there's parts where it was just really cool. They had really cool character interactions where it's actually doing character development. Mm-hmm. Where like what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that where like like a Deadshot would go up to or no Harley like Deadshot would be walking and Harley would approach him, and then like they'd have a short like 30 second conversation and then Harley would go over to Captain Boomerang and they talk for a minute and then Captain Boomerang went up to El Diablo and they talk like it was all just just like they're all they're doing is walking down a street but it's like here's a conversation here and here's a conversation there like it was like I don't want to I don't want to speak too highly of Suicide Squad or anything but it almost kind of felt like some Fellowship of the Ring type shit yeah, sure. where it was like there's this, like a group of people going on like a journey not right. as epic as lord of the rings or anything but they're on a journey they're moving they're heading towards somewhere and we're seeing the snippets of them connecting as they're doing all this yeah. and i had no idea why they cut that shit out in the original movie <laughs> because they're still trying to figure out editing at WB, I guess. oh man it was yeah it was unfortunate but yeah suicide squad sequel don't think it has like an official name or anything yet but they're eyeing yeah, a specific director and they're trying to start shooting next year so mm. That'll be it. Last bit of news I have is that news has come out about Quentin Tarantino's new movie. That's the big one this week. That's um, something I was going to bring up, yeah. The last thing that Tarantino put out was Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about right time for this news to come out because it's about two years. And by the time this movie comes out, um, it'll probably be three or four years after that film. Yeah. Tarantino said he was going to make 10 films and call it quits. This mm-hmm. would be the one before the last one. Yeah, this would be his eighth film. Yeah. And originally he said that... Or no, is this his ninth or eighth? This is his ninth. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, this will be his ninth and then the tenth will be the next one. Then he's gotcha. going to yeah. say, quote, drop the mic and say, follow that shit. Yeah, yeah. He said they wanted to do a Bonnie and Clyde film at one point. And he's, or Bonnie and Clyde-esque film, which I feel we already got with True Romance. And oh, okay. the other film he wanted to do was something that was Hollywood in the 60s. It war seventies, which is a time when film was awesome in his opinion. And what better way to do that but make a film that's based off the Manson family? <laughs> I mean, that's Hollywood as shit, right? At first, when I read about it, I was like, I don't know, him doing something that's based on the Manson family murders. It could be interesting. More I thought about, it, more I got comfortable with it. I think it was more set off by it because it's a, uh, it's his first film that's based on nonfiction. Oh, this is okay. the first film that's yeah. actually based in real, like, yeah. Inglourious Bastards World War Two, but this is the first time where it's, like, an actual thing that happened yeah. based around Because in Glorious Bastards, he kills fucking Hitler. So. Yeah, he kills Hitler. So, <laughs> like, I mean, he had a real person in it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he dies nothing like he did in real life. Yeah. But, um... I wonder if he'll do something like that with the Manson thing. Like It may be. Um, he was, he's in talks with, uh, at first, when the news first broke, he was in, um, 
talks with Brad Pitt and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Brad Pitt, when I first heard about him, like, well, what if he plays Charles Manson? That'd be fucking nuts. Which now it seems that he's not. Um, whenever they have follow-up news, it seems like he'll be the detective investigating the Sharon Tate murder. Oh, okay. And he, originally he wanted Jennifer Lawrence for the role of Sharon Tate. Uh, and she said that she wasn't interested. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So uh, he's, speaking of Suicide Squad, got with Margot Robbie. As it talks about yeah. Margot Robbie plays Sharon I saw that. Tate. Okay, yeah. And also Samuel Jackson, of course, looks like he will have a role of some sort. Do you know who, like, I don't know too much about the Manson stuff anyways. Do you know who Sharon Tate is? Mm-hmm. Who, who is Sharon that? Tate was the actress, and she was married to Roman Polanski. Is she the lady that was, like, pregnant? And yes. a lot of people... Okay, yeah, killed she got yeah. Originally, uh, he was aiming at a record producer at okay. the house. So he sent some people to go and kill this guy. Yeah. And she had, was there instead, mm-hmm. so they went in there and murdered her instead. And that's who they're looking at right now for uh, Margot? Margot Robbie Margot to play? Robbie plays okay. Sharon Tate. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So yeah, that's all the details we have so far. I mean, yeah, you know, it was just sh- announced this week. Yeah, yeah so I saw it like all over the internet, and I was like, "Whoa!" Okay. Yeah, it will not take long for it to get picked up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. like he, he'll shop around for like a day. And yeah, he like, can oh, do. We'll yeah, it. It Tarantino can do like whatever he wants. He's like the most powerful <laughs> director. <laughs> yeah. He's he put out a movie about slavery. Yeah, about a two-hour, <laughs> two and a half-hour <laughs> film made by a white director, a slavery about a slave that's killing white slavers. And it grossed more than that year. Twelve Years a Slave came out, made yeah. by a black director. Yeah. That I'm was a also an amazing film, but made more money than that. Yeah, <laughs> you know your power at that. Point. Yeah, yeah, he's he's crazy. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah. A lot of yeah, I, I figured this would probably happen. A lot of our news is just uh, stuff that we've both already seen, yeah, but right. we would have talked about anyways because yeah, that's what we. Yeah, that's what we always yeah, do. I'm we... excited for it. I'm you know he's my. Uh, like a lot of people, one of my favorite directors. Yeah, he's definitely he's so, definitely in my top five too. Yeah. I really like Inglorious Bastards is probably my favorite movie by him. I think it's his best one. Oh, sure. He's, he's so freaking good. Well, Rocky, how did you? What did you think of uh, Jurassic World? It was it was pretty good. Yeah. I was a huge fan of it, to be honest with you. Um, I I thought it was. I I have problems with it. We'll yeah. say that probably. No, yeah, that. it's definitely not perfect. Well, yeah. we'll probably have an episode of it before this news. <laughs> this news you're about to say. <laughs> But, um, well, I saw something this week that I found kind of uh, interesting. So rumors of a new hybrid dinosaur going to be in uh, 2018. It's supposed to come out in 2018, but it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's the yeah, sequel. I saw the subtitle. Yeah. Uh, so there's rumors that a new hybrid, because in the first movie, the hybrid dinosaur was the uh, the D Rex, the Indominus yeah, Rex. Rex. That's yeah. that's what it was. Which was, you know, what was it? Half. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just half anything. Probably it had T Rex in it and Raptor. But then it had like all this other shit. Else. Like it could go stealth because it had like yeah. snake cells in it or something yeah, like and cuttlefish or something. Like yeah. yeah, it's it was really and you could lower its body heat because of that. Yeah, it's just like a sh- cool. It's a smorgasbord of like genetic like fuckery. And you just they... think they would have learned their idea from that first one? Yeah, like, I don't let's know. Let's not make another genetic thing. <laughs> the genetically modified like why dinosaur. are they making another just like yeah but anyways so uh they completely fucked our park the first time so let's not do this again that's only just a rumor so far the rumor apparently came up from um this is what happened the film wrapped principal photography and producer colin trevorrow who directed the first one mm-hmm. uh posted a pic on twitter congratulating the production team the pic showed director j.a bayona 
which I tried to IMDB him, and I got stuff like The Orphanage, The Impossible, Penny Dreadful. He did some stuff on that okay. show, apparently, but I, so I don't know who he is. But yeah, the pick shows director J.A. Bayona, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, staring through the open jaw of a dinosaur. The teeth seem to be different than other dinosaurs that have appeared in past films, leading people to believe that this could be a new dinosaur hybrid. The picture also looks like it takes place with the director and a dinosaur in a cage. Okay. So, like, someone took the picture of it. So, like, the director, J.A. Bayona, is probably, like, in a cage with this dinosaur right now, shooting the dinosaur, like, being in a cage. Okay. But apparently, so a lot of people, what what they think it is, is that... it. uh, it's like you can see his teeth because the screenshot I saw the picture of it and it's like you're seeing the director like kind of looking up at the dinosaur and the dinosaur is just like mouth is open kind of like in the first uh, Jurassic Park movie Mm -hmm. where I can't remember who it is I think it's like the girl you see or something you see her when the T-Rex like his mouth is open Open, and you see you see him yeah yeah yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like that they're like staring through the open maw of the beast but um yeah, so apparently people just from the teeth that have led people to believe that that's maybe going to be... It's a, a new, hybrid, look at those yeah, teeth. Yeah, hybrid, look at it's, it's not, too it's many not many the teeth, teeth we've seen. But, <laughs> it, but even, so if it is, that leads us back to our earlier point. Why the fuck are they making yeah, another... Yeah, completely fucked the last park up. You literally had to get a T-Rex I mean... to fight it with Velociraptors that also went nuts and sort of fucking up your park more. <laughs> but, but even, the, I mean, that's, it kind of seems like... Like, because even with Jurassic World, that's kind of the point of that movie, mm-hmm. even with the other ones, and like the first Jurassic Park movie. It's one of my, it's one of my, Jurassic Park is one of my favorite, like, 90s flicks. Oh, that's amazing. And I've had discussions where people where they're like, yeah, it's just a dinosaur movie, though. And I was like, dude, it's so much more than that. Like, it's, there's my favorite scene in that movie. Steven Spielberg is really doing, really good at doing this stuff. My favorite scene in that movie doesn't have a single dinosaur in it. It's when everyone's sitting down at the dinner table and, uh, what's his name john john hammond the mm-hmm. maker of the park yeah. spared no expense he's sitting there talking to everyone and he's just like he's talking about why he created these dinosaurs and ian malcolm uh what's his jeff name goldblum. Je- jeff goldblum who's supposed to be in the who's coming back yeah who's supposed to be in the sequel yeah. um he's in the original movie sitting there talking to the guy and being like dude why are you making dinosaurs like dinosaurs had their chance they got extinct like they got wiped out they did not evolve and they have this whole argument about evolution and what's right and what's wrong and he like jeff goldblum's character is talking about like all this stuff where it's you shouldn't you have you you didn't you didn't do anything to earn this power you have like you took what other science has found and you developed your own you're standing on the shoulders of geniuses you're doing all this stuff just because you have money you're coming up with all these dinosaurs and he's just like what are you doing? And John Hammond's like, how can we stand in the light of discovery and not act? And Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah, what you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world. Yeah. Like he yeah. says that in the kids dinosaur movie. <laughs> he mentions a laugh. But no, it's so like, that's what I, I like that whole, that's what makes that movie for me. Right. It's just this whole like idea of people tampering with stuff that they have no, they have no, reason to be tampering with and that's what jurassic world is kind of about too yeah. not nearly as poetic or elegant as no. but still it's that but same it idea yeah it's one. still the same idea where it's like we didn't fucking learn anything and we're like messing with these beasts and we're like playing god and doing all this stuff and so that could very much be what jurassic world 2 is also going for but at mm-hmm. the same time four movies into a franchise with two of the films having the same kind of idea of playing god 
you probably need to find a new idea to work with (laughs) and so if they're if they're doing that in the jurassic world sequel it's like oh we're just playing god again and these scientists are best like really like you gotta we get that that's the overall theme that's the overall uh message of the movie but you gotta find something else to kind of kind of make it work yeah yeah, but we'll see right now that's just a rumor thing um what was the last thing i had oh okay (laughs) so i know uh, you don't follow The Walking Dead at all, do you? Uh, besides the comic, you read, you still read the comic, don't you? Uh, I haven't read the last fifty issues or so. Oh, but, geez. But, uh, okay. I was for a long time. Yeah. So, um, the show, which used to be one of my favorite shows, <laughs> it's not, not anymore. anymore. It's it's something that I still watch. I was heavily burned by season seven this last season, which I thought was going to be good because I was like, oh, they finally got Negan in it. Who, if you've watch the show or especially read the comics you know negan is just like crazy fuck and here he's just messed up and he does messed up shit and he's mm-hmm. he's a bad he's a bad dude and so i thought season seven having negan in would be kind of good and season seven was by far the worst season they've had right. like a lot of people even mentioned like oh season two all they did was spend time on the farm it's like no season two had some like good character development it was definitely one of the weaker seasons but it still had good stuff in it and season seven yeah exactly (laughs) still got john Berthold in it yeah but uh yeah season seven of the walking dead is the weakest season it feels like it doesn't have a focus it's not doing anything but that that, that's not what this piece of news is about anyways do you feel like the tiger (laughs) in season seven is the john Berthold of this season (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i like the tiger though. the tiger's really shiva yeah, she's yeah. she's awesome but well john bertha was awesome for the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no no i get what you're saying yeah no yeah. she's pro- probably yeah it's yeah, she's yeah. really good yeah <laughs> no um so apparently what happened was this is kind of like a downer piece of news and probably not something i should be ending the news the news bit on but i'm gonna do it anyways so apparently this is like a two-parter the very first set of set photos of walking dead season eight were released and it just showed like daryl and carol who are, like, everyone's, like, favorite couple right now, even though they're not a couple. It's, like, everyone wants them to get together, and they just haven't yet. Which has yet. been a consistent thing throughout the season. Yeah, right? yeah, it's been... Like, are since, they, aren't they? Yeah, it's been, it's been a thing for a while. And All so right. Daryl and Carol, uh, the very first set photo is released, um, and it's just, like, them near his motorcycle, kind of. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really show anything, doesn't give anything. We're probably going to get more... Uh, when San Diego Comic Con happens, it happens at the end of this month, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. A week or two. So there'll probably be more more stuff about that and all kinds of other stuff, but especially uh, The Walking Dead because that's just a huge TV phenomenon. But no, something besides that uh, picture, something unfortunate unfortunate recently happened. Uh, one of the stuntmen on the show he fell twenty feet onto like concrete and got rushed to a hospital for like. Uh, serious brain injury holy shit and apparently just died last night oh man yeah (laughs) he like was hurt and so that's when i saw the news but i was like oh man that sucks and then like i just saw it last night he passed away like he didn't make it he he got rushed there they did the best they could and then he got put in intensive care Uh and he just didn't make it and it's just like something like that like sucks like you're you're just like stuntman you're like you're literally doing what you love like you're getting paid to like i'm sure he's like you know the risks yeah he's i mean yeah you definitely know the risks but i'm sure he's enjoyed being a stuntman and doing all this stuff it's probably a job that he loves and tried for a very long time to do and everything and you're finally doing it especially on a big show that everyone watches they have millions of people watching that show every week and so you're just sitting there doing you know doing your job on a show that's probably paying you good money and you just fucking die. Like that's here's a question. So bad. Here's a question. Yeah. Did the stunt 
involve him falling 20 feet. I have no idea. And were the cameras rolling? <laughs> I have no idea. Because if They so, didn't say, like, what kind of stunt it was probably or anything. They got the money's worth, at least. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to make it happier before we go into Yeah, before we go news. into Well, actually, stuff. I got a little bit of uh, who gives a shit news. Yeah. Because I really don't feel like going into this because oh, okay. I haven't watched any of the movies. I was honestly just grabbing that Walking Dead stuff because I was like, I wonder how much news we're going to have this week. I'll probably just go ahead and grab this just in case. But then he died and I was like, oh, it's kind of sad. Yeah. So we should mention that and bring it up. Um, I don't really care about this franchise that much. Yeah. But I thought it was so ridiculous that I had to at least mention it. What's that? So they say that in the near future, maybe even the next one, Fast and the Furious could be set in space. What? <sighs> what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but the director how? said the director said whenever we talked about having the submarine in this past one because there's a scene, I guess, with the submarine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't see it? I mean, I didn't no. see it. I thought you. I, I haven't watched any of them oh, okay. since like the third one. I yeah, I haven't watched off. anything past the second one, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, but I saw the trailers of the submarine scene. Yeah, there's and like he a said, when we did yeah. that. I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. So why not go to outer space? And I'm like, all right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> How do you, like, I'm just trying to, are there going to be cars in space? Or? Yeah. Like, is there like an asteroid coming towards earth? And they're like, listen, there's really, <laughs> cars. there's really good. There's like really good ramps on the asteroids. We're going to take cars up there and film you. Jump. What? Like there's beaches. How do there's they... beaches on another planet. We're going to show sexy model ladies and Coronas before each scene. And there's going to be us some muscle cars on a moon. I am legitimately just trying to figure out how they're going to get people that drive cars into space. Like what is the, like even Armageddon, which I love, like I, I, I really enjoy Armageddon, but even that is like stretching. Yeah, they're they're sure. like, yeah, they are, they they're oil drillers and they drill like yeah so we're gonna drill into the asteroid like even that's like all right fuck whatever, whatever. but leave it to michael bay yeah i'm speechless yeah, yeah. vin diesel right i'm like you like mars muscle <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know it, he made it kind of as a passing statement just kind oh, of okay. like in the future like why not it's yeah. not set in stone but oh it's kind of like i don't really give a shit news no, so yeah, just kind of yeah, like definitely. a little funny note to end on as we go into a review i reckon so yeah yeah so we'll go yeah we'll go ahead and get in the world oh my god <laughs> i'm still blown away by that Jesus. just right. ruined your day yeah you exactly like, why? i just need to process this now <laughs> all right so war for the planet of the apes we just we did we just went and saw this a couple hours ago yeah uh what did you think not we'll do our non-spoilers and then our, spoilers, our spoilers like usual first. yeah um i thought it was great <clears throat> i think that uh it's really really good it's yeah great for a third movie yeah especially um that's great just as a movie though like it was fucking awesome let, let, let me give you a little background with this uh okay. series of me i didn't watch rise of the planet of apes until recently mm-hmm. planet of the apes was just never my jam like of all the nerd shit that i'm into i was just never huge into the original films yeah whenever the trailer first got released for rise of the planet of the apes when we, you know, yeah. we were there when yeah. we used to go see the, you know, see movies yeah. and the trailer would play. We've, we we've just got, make fun of it. Yeah. We've got a good joke with our buddy Lamondo Lee that we're not going to Yeah, we talk can't about. say it. Yeah, but Mondo, but he's, if he's, he's listening, we'll definitely know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'll just make fun of it. I, I thought it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, we all just made fun of it. That's all we did. We thought it was yeah. a fucking joke. Yeah. We're like, are you kidding me? And it came <laughs> out and it got great reviews. Yeah, I saw it when it came out. I went and saw it, like, ironically. I was just like, mm. oh, I want to risk. I'll be stupid. And then I walked out of it. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Why was that so good? Do those, 
these three movies, Rise, Dawn, and War for the Planet of the Apes, my thing with them is that they, these movies have no right to be this good. Why are <laughs> right? they why are they this good? Yeah. They're fucking about monkeys like taking over <laughs> the world. Real They're not even They're real CGI monkeys. They're not even real people. <laughs> people dressed as CGI playing monkeys. I don't <laughs> understand these films. They're so fr- like consistently good too. Like none of them drop and they just like, get better. Yeah, that's all they are. They're just incredible. They're, They're so and I think so maybe going into it I had super low expectations. Yeah, so maybe sure. that had something to do with yeah. it. But even after that, even after the first one, I was just like Okay, mm-hmm. and then so I had good expectations, and the second one, even better. The third yeah. one, this one is like my favorite now out of all three really? of them. Like, it's, I think I still uh, prefer Dawn, but this one is like super close whew, to it. It's so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't watch that first one for a long time. I I thought it was a joke. James yeah. Franco also was a negative for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge on yeah. James Franco. He's a really good job in that movie, though. He's he does a decent really job. Good, yeah. Um, Dawn came out a couple years later. Yeah. All my friends that saw it loved it, and it's like, hey, you need to go see, you need to watch Rise. So we can go see Dawn while it's in theaters. So if we just saw, it, we'll go see it again with you. Yeah. My buddy Monkey, he let me borrow Rise of the Planet of the Apes on Blu-ray. Is your buddy Monkey a real monkey? <laughs> no, I wish he was. <laughs> He's like <laughs> swinging around the apartment. Like, hey, oh, here's no. some Blu-rays. No, no. Um, he he uh, let me hold the Blu-ray. Does he just like eat bananas a lot? Is that why you guys call him Monkey? Or? Um, back whenever he was in school, yeah. like in elementary school. Blaze, his brother, was yeah. buddies with uh, Monkey. And uh, he used to climb onto, like, the jungle gym yeah. or onto uh, the monkey bars. Oh, okay. and, like, stuff there and he would eat a banana. So he just started calling <laughs> Monkey. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you? So, uh, that's but, pretty but, good. No, he's an awesome guy. He's yeah. a good friend. And I've held onto that Blu-ray for three years, from 2014 <laughs> Jeez, to just Christ. a couple months ago. <laughs> and I finally sat down and I watched it. And I loved it so much. The very next day I went to Best Buy and bought Dawn. There you and go. I watched it. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. It's our they're really, really good, good. yeah they're awesome I'm super yeah. excited for this one so monkey if you're listening i have your blu-ray you can have it back <laughs> yeah. after three years he'll get it back to you he'll get it back to you eventually yeah no i i saw all three of these movies in uh theaters on i'm pretty sure opening weekend so yeah. i saw the first one uh it's back when i was living up in portland I had a couple uh friends like, well, everything's ironic up there yeah anyways yeah it's <laughs> all it's all just everything's a fucking joke in portland anyway so whatever <laughs> But no, uh, I had some friends and we were just like, I can't remember what it was. I think one of them had like a deal and they were like, yeah, we've got cheap tickets at this theater anyway. So you want to go? It turned into a thing. Like five of us went and we all were like, we were out eating first or something. And it was like, yeah, right. There was like nothing else playing. And we we're like, rise. Okay, cool. Rise. Yeah, we'll go see that. And I remember sitting there watching it. And I was just like, this is fucking incredible. Why is this so good? Like, I thought this was going to be a pile of shit. Like, well, why yeah. is this amazing? And then, so after that, I was like, okay, this is incredible. And the second movie came out and me and my girlfriend went and saw it. And, uh, she didn't care for it as much, but me, I was like in it to win it. I was like, this is inc-. like, I remember I was sitting next to her and she was laughing at one point where, uh, Koba, you remember in the, no, yeah, it's Koba. Koba in the second movie, he, uh, it's when they're attacking like Gary Oldman's like camp in yeah. town and he like is on a horse with a gun yeah, in slow like, motion, ah, like riding through the, the smoke. Yeah. And I remember her like laughing and I was like, it's okay. Kind of yeah. I was like, no, no, it's <laughs> ridiculous. But if, I guess if you're not into these movies, yeah. like you're not going to care. Those for are commandeers of tanks. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. But there's a lot of ridiculousness like that in the movies, which is so interesting because even in War for the Planet of the Apes, there's ridiculous stuff. And at points you have to, you have to have a huge, like, not necessarily suspension of disbelief, but you have to have this, like, 
you have to give a lot of leeway to these movies. Yeah. You're like, whatever, they're monkeys, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, they're such. I literally like almost cried like two times in this movie. Yeah, there, there's some there, really there's, strong yeah, emotional there's scenes. Stro- there's super strong emotional, like touching moments. And uh, Andy Circus, his uh, special effect. Yeah, he oh. sees her, but his special effects. Widow? We just looked it up like, earlier. <laughs> I can't remember. Okay. It's like something Delta or We Delta. Uh, yeah, look it, look it up so we don't butcher it too much. But it yeah, he like his company does the uh, the mocap and all the stuff for the uh, apes and everything. Mm-hmm. And even with that, even with these characters being super computer generated and super fake and all this stuff, they are the emotion they portray is so freaking good. There's something that happens to Caesar within the first 20 minutes of the movie. It's roughly first 20 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you see him react to it, and you're just like fuck like are you kidding me like and they capture that's all andy circus uh doing the mocap and the voice apparently for yeah amazing. for caesar and yeah. it's just like him doing mocap and it's like this attention to detail on mm-hmm. the face of like caesar reacting to something that's crushing his world it's yeah. just incredible it's ridiculous yeah. and yeah it was it's weird that these movies are so good but when studios is called imaginarium studios is the actual is the actual oh okay but i think that weed is some part of it yeah because we saw something in like the credits yeah yeah. um but yeah he's it's so weird it's just yeah we watched the credits (laughs) yeah we we stayed by him for the credits no (laughs) no credit scene as far as we could tell but uh marvel is trained as well but no watching um just yeah why like these movies are so freaking weird because they're so good but if you were to give someone like a quick 30 second elevator pitch, it would sound like the stupidest shit in the world. Oh, absolutely. You'd be like, yeah, these monkeys and are that's genetically why I enhanced. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. Cause you just don't think much of it. You're like, no. are you kidding me? Monkeys that get genetically enhanced and take over. Like what? Yeah. And it's, it sounds like the stupidest thing in the world, which I'm assuming that's probably what, uh, the original movie. So I haven't seen any of the originals, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming that's what they probably sounded like too. I know in the original, the big thing was, uh, the twist at the end of the movie, yes. I think it is, where because the whole movie when you're going into it, you think that you he's think it's a on different another planet. planet, yeah, like which Charlton is the most he- amazing twist, ever. yeah. Charlton Heston's like he's an astronaut that like lands on this planet and it's controlled by apes, mm-hmm. and then they have certain humans that they're like either treating as slaves or treating less than them, like servants and all this stuff. And then at the end of the movie, you see the Statue of Liberty like half sunken into the sea, yeah, and he's like the fuck we're on earth and so it's this huge twist damn you yeah (laughs) and so it's this like huge twist and everything and so in these movies you already know it's earth but still it's just like monkeys taking over the world it's ridiculous (laughs) but here's the thing um they're so good i think that's why i didn't watch rise for a while yeah is because the trailer makes it look like that yeah but these movies also grow in scale with that first movie it's not about monkeys taking over the world it's really just about this one group of apes yeah that are in prison for yeah. a little bit but even break more... out and just run off into the woods yeah yeah, yeah. in general that's, you know? that's that, all and that's is. all yeah. it's not yeah. them taking on the military yeah it's just kind of run by the cops and a little bit of military they have yeah. and just try and get past what the san francisco bridge yeah they, they go over the golden gate the bridge golden gate and the bridge. san francisco like police department yeah and, there, and just and... getting past them and that's yeah. all but the trailer made it look like this crazy thing and yeah I was like, no it like, did like yeah. the fine tanks or something like yeah. that and they definitely do that at the end of the movie where they're all making the break for i think the redwood forest that's what yeah. they're running to and they're all like going through and there's like a gorilla that leaps off the bridge onto a helicopter, helicopter at one point and up. you're like yeah. uh what and so the trailers looked ridiculous yeah, the but dawn the, gets bigger yeah ex- and definitely then this one is this one okay we were talking about this 
yeah. the title being War for the Planet of the Apes is a little misleading, misleading yeah. because yeah. there really isn't a war. It's maybe yeah. more of a battle. Yeah. But war can also, like I mentioned to you, talk about the inner struggle. Something happens in this movie where Caesar kind of just goes out for revenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember we, yeah, we were talking about this because it was like the first little... For 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, almost half of the movie yeah. felt like a revenge flick. Which I love. I yeah, was like, holy awesome. yeah. shit. Yeah. It's a it's an ape revenge yeah, film. Yeah, it's like, amazing. He has yeah. a shotgun and he's like... <laughs> he's like he riding a horse, horse like, and... I'm going alone. Yeah, yeah it was and, amazing. Yeah. He's looking for revenge against somebody. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. And then the second half of the movie is like the great ape escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get more into later yeah. in spoilers. But yeah, definitely. It's... It was so yeah, the, but the title is very misleading because it says "War for the Planet of the Apes," mm-hmm. and there was definitely more of a war in the second movie. And yeah. this one, or at least I thought, and this one is very much like there's a battle that happens, and there are different things you could say to maybe think about what they mean by war in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's a personal war, or it's you know the second kind of the last half of the movie is showing a very different side of war that mm-hmm. you don't see too often. Uh, there's very, very much some, um, some like, I don't know, not necessarily symbolism, but like kind of just like not even really metaphors. They were using, we'll get more into it in a spoiler, but they were using specific things as like things that are like, it was mirroring stuff that had happened in earlier wars in real life. Yeah. History, like back history, in yeah, history. history. Yeah. History. And uh, which was something with Woody Harrelson's character, mm-hmm. which will exactly yeah, yeah, but, right on the wall. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah, it was really good. Um, shit, I don't feel like we can do too much non-spoilers with this movie. Well, like I want, um, I want to dip in the spoilers. It's with the um, it's good though. It's definitely without getting in the spoilers. It's definitely something that you should go see. Well, yeah, like, for ASAP. sure. With this film is throughout the movies. I kind of like this one. Isn't what I thought going into it was going to happen was that this movie was going to kind of make you feel sympathetic with the humans which you kind of do yeah but not as much as that's more in the second one yeah yeah yeah, the first two like this one is really caesar and the ape story yeah and we'll get into spoilers about what i mean we were were talking about this earlier the whole trilogy is about caesar it's It's a caesar Caesar trilogy trilogy. this is like they're talking about making subsequent films they're gonna make more which i'm absolutely for but this is a trilogy in itself like matt reeves isn't going to direct like he directed the second and third one but he's not gonna be directing the fourth one because he's gonna be busy with batman like we talked earlier about so they really don't focus on the humans as much in this film Mm -hmm. the second film you really got a feel for the human characters and the ape characters the first one was the weakest in this part, I felt. Really? Yes, and here's why. Okay. I disagree completely with that, but okay. With John Lithgow's character in the first movie, yeah. I felt very sympathetic. Absolutely. James Franco felt very sympathetic for half the film. Once Caesar gets thrown into that detention center or whatever, you know, the wildlife yeah. thing, yeah. he gets settled up with a whole bunch of other apes. Yeah. And James Franco's like, I'll do everything for you, buddy. Like, I'll come and get you. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to forget you. And he doesn't visit him for, like, months. For, yeah. like, a long time. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally does show up, like, Caesar's already pretty pissed at this point. Yeah. And he's like, hey, listen, I know I haven't been around. But, listen, yeah. I'm still trying to get you out. Hey, by the way, we have this ape, Koba, that we're working on. <laughs> and, listen, he is making leaps and bounds genetically. Like, yeah. this guy has this intelligence. I mean, hypothetically... Let's just say that he wanted to shoot somebody and blame another race for it and then, like, cause an ape uprising. He, he could do that. Yeah, he totally could. But that's just hypothetical. But yeah. uh, anyways, yeah, no, no, I still got your best interest, but hey, 
you should see this shit that we're working on. I, All right, bye. <laughs> I, I, I definitely get. I definitely get what you're getting at. The thing that. Uh, the thing that I feel with the first movie is that so at that point where James Franco's character stops visiting uh, Caesar, I think it's very much because his father starts suffering again. Yeah. Like so in the first movie, real quick, uh, James Franco is the scientist that works in the lab and they're trying to come up with this cure for Alzheimer's pretty much because his father has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so they have this drug that they test on chimpanzees. They test it on one called Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes is killed subsequently because she gives birth to a baby ape caesar caesar inherits the uh gene the gene of the medicine that they're using gives they're, them hyper intelligence yeah it gives it whatever uh ape it affects it gives them hyper intelligence mm-hmm. and so and not, green eyes yeah and, green, like and green eyes yeah yeah, green yeah. Eyes. so like they see his eyes and they can tell it's in there and so james franco takes him home and blah 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 and then he like has a because they want them to kill him Right. The other one yeah. Put down yeah. Well, they were Caesar. trying to kill. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to like put down all the, all the uh, animals. Mm-hmm. And so James Franco works, still does his Alzheimer's stuff like in secret. He mm-hmm. takes stuff home and he basically kind of cures his dad of Alzheimer's using the medicine. He's like, fuck it. I got to do this. My dad's suffering really bad. And that works for years. It works for, I think maybe two or three years, maybe. And Caesar grows up a little bit. And then Caesar has that thing where he tries to protect John Lithgow at one point because he's living in the house and a neighbor does something. And his Alzheimer's coming back. Yeah, his Alzheimer's like starts coming back. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so he tries like to get into a car that's not his. Yeah, the neighbor and like Caesar him. comes down and he bites off the guy's finger. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like apparently, that's a real thing apes do at zoos. They'll yeah. like bite people's fingers off sometimes. I'm but, not um, surprised. They're yeah, like <laughs> definitely. But um, that's why. So that's why Caesar ends up in the uh, ape home. Like yeah. he's living there. He has to stay there in a cage. Uh, living with other apes and everything. And so what I'm getting at is the fact that while he's in there, John Lithgow's character, James Franco's dad, starts suffering again, this time, like, really bad. Mm -hmm. And so they, like, he's... Yeah, and eventually dies. But, like, he goes in there, like, James Franco's character goes back in, and so he's starting to, like, get more of the medicine and trying to heal his dad. They have to up the dosage. Like they come up with another strain that's like more resilient, which ends up being the strain that kills humans, mm-hmm. and that's what causes a huge epidemic. Simian that flu. yeah, simian flu. It like ends up curing or killing people and making apes like you know way smarter. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Koba gets on, uh, who's a big baddie in the second movie. But so yeah, I, I think the first yeah one, yeah but, he, he's one that's the first one since Caesar to really show like yeah like big strokes yeah yeah like yeah. super super intelligent because caesar in the first movie he goes back into the ca- the place and he takes canisters and like lets them in and yeah, like it so makes all the other yeah so it helps him out a little bit mm-hmm. yeah uh, so i think while i'm a little bit more forgiving of it in that movie is because james franco's character has other stuff going on like when that happens sure. like he like when it rains it pours so he yeah. has like his i think ape... it was a big takeaway yeah it's just kind of funny that he like shows like oh yeah i'm, I'm no. still here like, it's but cool. so i thought that one was one of the best ones with like character development the second one is. and then the second i thought the second one was the weakest really absolutely well, at least with, at, with the yeah absolutely with the humans because yeah, the, because I didn't give a shit about any of the humans in the second movie. Oh, I did. The only one I cared about is Gary Oldman, and he's kind of a bad guy in that See, movie. See, that's why I don't think he's a bad guy, because I don't think he had anything to do with any of the stuff. He's he's not like Koba's obviously the bad guy in the, in the second, in the second movie. movie. Yeah. Oh. But Gary Oldman's this he's the he's the human being that isn't like the villain, but you can tell he's like 
not really going to give the monkeys a chance. Sure. He's like, listen, we're trying to defend ourselves. Like, you understand his motivations, and that's honestly what makes a good villain, is that you understand their motivations. But he's not really villainistic in, like, any of this stuff. He has he's... similar motivations to Woody Harrelson's character in this movie. He does. But his motivations were more believable than the cartoony nature of Woody Harrelson. Absolutely, yeah, 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 definitely. So what I what I mean with the character development, because I didn't care about any of the other characters. Like, the guy, like... The guy who played John Connor in Terminator Genesis. I can't remember his yeah, actor's name, but, but yeah, he's in it. And so like, he has a family and like, and, uh, Dawn of the planet of the apes, they're trying to get a dam working so they can restore electricity mm-hmm. to the part of the city that they're in. And so all his stuff is fine, but like none of them besides Gary Oldman, there's a scene. Cause I, so I went back and watched, uh, rise and Dawn. I have rise on Blu-ray already. And I went and ordered Dawn this week in preparation for war coming mm-hmm. out Friday uh, today. And so I was watching them this past week and I was watching War yesterday, and I was just like, there's a scene when they get back, it's in the beginning of the movie, and they get back to the place where Gary Oldman is, and Gary Oldman, like, gets in the truck with them, and they're telling them about the dam they found, and, like, mm-hmm. the apes they found and everything, and there's this part where Gary Oldman, like, turns around, and he's, like, talking to everyone, and you can just tell, he's like, I am so, like... Over apes at this point. Well, well not even that, like, his, him, as, him as an actor, he's so above the other people in that car the oh, other right. actors oh, oh, like he's just, yeah he's like, like I'm, gary i'm a higher grade yeah like gary yeah. oldman is an actor yeah. and these other people are like just picking up a paycheck yeah he's such a good actor yeah. and he's not you it doesn't seem like he's being like stuck up or conceited about no. it or anything but he is like more talented yeah he's absolutely more yeah. talented he's in that in that one scene he turns around and he's talking to them and they're just like like you can tell us like, Oh, these other actors suck. That's unfortunate. And it's, it's really bad, but like they still did an okay job. There's a part in the movie and, uh, Dawn where one of the girls, uh, like the wife of one of the guys, she mentions, uh, how the humans aren't sick with mm-hmm. the simian flu. And that's cause she worked at the CDC and she, they kind of discovered that like some people are like naturally resilient to it, which comes back in this movie. That's what I love about this trilogy is that like, you yeah, can see the evolution of everything. The simian flu is, you know, I love that which is introduced in the first one. Yeah. Almost passingly. Like there's only like one little subplot that's not a big thing. Yeah. But at the there's end of the movie something that happens in Rise, it's like, oh shit. Like, yeah. okay. It's like then oh, Dawn, so this is like, where they're going. Spreading, yeah. And then this movie it's developed into something else. Yeah. And it's almost like in zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where everybody's infected with the zombie gene, so even yep. whenever you die come back as a zombie in yeah. some films mm-hmm. this is almost the same thing where you're already infected yeah but we'll get more into that and yeah. spoil well let's let's go ahead and just jump in the spoilers yeah so all right yeah, unless you have other stuff you want to mention uh about no would i uh, recommend this film i'll recommend it but i would say watch the first two first absolutely this whole trilogy yeah watch as, it just do yeah. yourself a favor as watch a whole it back yeah to it's back. gold yeah, yeah it's awesome it's it's sci-fi just that's uh, incredible but no the simian flu so we're getting in the spoilers right here spoiler alert for everyone who doesn't want it so yeah, in this movie, the simian flu turns into a thing where it starts making people stupid. It starts making people it, act more ape-like. Yeah, they start getting their intelligence stolen. Yeah. Like, uh, so there's people in uh, Woody Har- Woody Harrelson's the bad guy in this mm-hmm. movie, and he like leads something that I don't know what to call it. They didn't really give it a name. The group that he leads, the military group. The only thing I saw is Alpha like Alpha Omega. Yeah, Alpha Omega. There was an A and an, uh, the Omega, Omega symbol, symbol, and I was like, mm-hmm. for the longest time, I was just like the fuck is that supposed to mean? And there's like a gas tank in the compound and it says the beginning and the end. And it's Uh like, Oh, alpha and omega. Okay. So it's like the alpha and omega group or Mm -hmm. whatever. But they're like a split off from the military. 
Yeah. It seems like yeah. they're doing rebellious activities, yeah. as you find out. Yeah, and what what it is is that Woody Harrelson's character is discovering that certain people, this whole entire time, the people that are still alive, it's kind of given and explained in the second movie that these people are resilient to the simian flu. Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect them. Mm -hmm. And what we come to find out is that actually it does. It still affects some people. And what happens is it makes them more simple, more ape-like, where they can't, they stop being able to talk. They stop being able to, yeah, they lose some of their motor functions. Mm -hmm. They can't like form words or anything. Mm -hmm. And so Woody Harrelson is killing these people. He doesn't want them to infect other people, mm-hmm. other humans in the group. There's no way to tell like how it's spreading or whatever. Including his own son. Yeah. He, yeah in the story you find, you don't see it, but you hear him talking. Yeah. About he gives like his, his whole speech, son. which is a really good scene, but how we both kind of mm-hmm. already talked about and agree, like Woody Harrelson feels extremely miscast in this role. He's not. Yeah. He's just doesn't come off. Like, I, I don't think that he has the intensity yeah, needed for yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, I think he needs more intensity and his voice doesn't like usually you're acting, your voice really doesn't matter, but yeah. How he how he says his dialogue mm-hmm. and how his, his delivery voice is, yeah. his delivery is just not fully there for me to really yeah. buy it. And it almost seems there's like something, cartoony. There's something about it that you don't buy. And it yeah. kind of takes you out of the scene because yeah. you're just like and it's a scene that could have been great. It yeah, I still think it was pretty good, even though yeah. it was the one scene in particular where Caesar and him were talking. It's very, it's drenched in exposition. Yeah. It's all just like them talking yeah. and specifically him talking mm-hmm. and going on like a, a classic villain monologue. Like it's him doing his thing and it's just not really believable Woody Harrelson. And I usually like, I mean, I'm not a huge Woody Harrelson fan, yeah, but I, yeah, I like stuff that I've seen him yeah, in sure. and like I love True Detective season one and I, I mean, enjoy Come on, do you have him running your mouse pad? <laughs> yeah, on my got, Cheers you, mouse pad. You, you got Cheers mouse pad with Woody Harrelson on it. <laughs> But uh, I'll cover his face with my mouse. There we go. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it just feels yeah, it feels so weird. There's something off about him. Who who would you have who would you have liked to see in that role instead of him? The two actors that come to mind, and actually both of them were in the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah, um, I would say either William Dafoe. Yeah, or yeah. A J.K. Simmons. Huh. J.K. Simmons just hit me. Like he has this kind of intensity or this. Jesus, kind of yeah, yeah. would have been good. Thank. I think J.K. Simmons could really pull it off. Actually, more I think about it now. Christ, yeah. saying that. <laughs> I, I mean, him or Willem Dafoe, they're incredible. Yeah, but, you just need dang. somebody that can be, like... Kind of menacing. Sinister, like... but they can be sympathetic. And with J.K. Simmons, he has those blue eyes still. Yeah. Like, definitely. to where, you know, once he gets sad or something like that or wants to connect with you emotionally, you would buy it. Yeah. But he also definitely. has that gruffness to him. Yeah, yeah. And this com- this commanding performance. Yeah. Could. Woody Harrelson just doesn't really have yeah he didn't have something to like it was weird like i couldn't i i don't know i don't know what it was yeah Yeah. there was just something about it that i wasn't buying with him it was you know he also had this kind of like christian or religious type belief which i was okay with yeah Yeah. i i like i said to you after the movie there's a um there's a real thin line yeah whenever you're trying to tread it with doing something religious yeah where it can either come off and work really well in your favor or it could come off really cartoony Mm -hmm. or corny yeah and this one kind of came off cornyish like it didn't feel like it was really needed in the character yeah it was like this extra piece of character info that you didn't really need and they just like put there to like add flavor to the character and it just didn't give them a layer but the layer really didn't matter yeah because i i didn't really care about it either because i because while i enjoyed it a little bit i thought it was definitely on the nose like he feels like there was one part where he's talking about 
uh, when he kills his son. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, that's a good part. Yeah. But he's like, I sacrificed my only son for humanity. I was yeah. Like, yeah that part was. I was like, you think you're fucking God? Like, what is this? But, and yeah. that's kind of what it is, is yeah. that he has like, without saying it, he has a God complex in the he movie. Does. Like he thinks he he's in charge of everything. He thinks he's Mr. Like the one thing I really didn't like about his character is that like, he thought there was this like portrayal of him where he thought he was like cooler than he actually was. Like yeah. I wear my sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, not, he has yeah. there's like nighttime. They're in a warehouse yeah. and he's like the first time you see him, he's wearing fucking looking, sunglasses. I was thinking that it took me out because it's the very first time you see. Well, no, no, you see him earlier, but briefly. Yeah, like yeah. whenever they attack yeah. Caesar's compound, but it's yeah. the first time you actually them like face to face like talking at all yeah and i'm gonna look around like is there like a light shining in his yeah. face where yeah. he has sunglasses i'm like no the other lights are behind him like yeah, he's just the got fuck fucking does he have sunglasses yeah, it's on so fucking stupid yeah it's it's funny also that you say that he had this kind of god complex because where he's talking to caesar mm-hmm. at the beginning of that one scene he's like oh this is the meeting you know yeah. of like two leaders and he mentions napoleon yeah and he mentions custer yeah you know who all had those type of complexes Sitting Bull, also. Yeah, like all yeah. kinds of stuff yeah he mentions a couple of different people he's a very big fan of uh history about what's happened in the past we mentioned it earlier history yeah. history history, history yeah. he had that like written on the wall well, and that's kind of something that he was getting back to with caesar where yeah. he was just like we're not going to repeat history like we're not going to let something happen like we're taking charge we're taking over this because this is He's very much aware that it's becoming. If they don't do anything, it is going to be a planet of apes. apes. Yeah, it's yeah, always like cheesy no, of a line as it is. Yeah, but it's yeah. still like really. It's yeah, it's like true and it's good and it makes sense in the movie. They said and... the title. <laughs> like ah, yeah, they did it. Yeah, we did it. Um, and it's pretty funny because it has a lot of parallels to Sitting Bull and like that whole time oh, period yeah. with like yeah. the Native Americans. And yeah, definitely. White. I mean, yeah, these guys were on like the monkeys Americans. are on horses, like yeah. with but, but spears even, and stuff. Yeah, um, but even like the Americans using native Americans on their side yeah. to fight other yeah. native Americans. There's like gorillas and stuff they have on donkeys. their side that they call donkeys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was like this thing. Like I was wondering about that in the trailer. Cause like you see a part in the trailer where like one of the monkeys is like helping load a machine yes. gun. You're yeah. like, you're like, what the fuck's going yeah, on? He's a, over there with other humans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, he's loading uh belts into a machine yeah. gun. Yeah. Cause they're like fighting off like, a helicopter and you're like wait a minute why are humans fighting a helicopter yeah, like what's going out. on and it's cool there's also some really cool parallel imagery throughout the film of like vietnam as well like with the writing on their army helmets yeah put, like, like right in the movie yeah, starts, like yeah. monkey killer or like ape apocalypse or yeah, something like that yeah. they like write with white marker on their like helmets yeah. and stuff so that's kind of a cool little touch i thought yeah definitely it was definitely yeah, there's a lot of good touches in this uh, film. And one thing I enjoy about this film is that, uh, even with the whole trilogy, trilogy, is that they keep stuff from all the movies, and they bring them back, and they keep them relevant. Like the simian flu, they keep the simian flu relevant. That evolves as the movies are going, mm-hmm. as something that constantly comes back. This whole thing of like Caesar not wanting to hurt people, not wanting to kill not wanting to kill other apes, not and wanting to kill other humans. Yeah, he doesn't want to turn into Koba. Yeah, an and it just like haunts him. Yeah. Film where he's still have yeah, like you say, he just he's still having nightmares about Koba. Yeah. And that's a running Because he of this killed Koba in the second movie. Yeah. yeah. And because Koba was driven by hatred Hate. and anger. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure, but yeah. that Caesar's driven by in this film. Yeah, yeah. So like and that's something that another thing like that's something that comes up a lot. Another thing that I saw come up a lot i noticed in the first movie and then in the second movie and even in this one they don't do it as much in this one but it's still i saw it happen like once or twice the part where caesar's in charge and someone does something Mm -hmm. and they're like fuck and they hold out their hand and he like 
swipes his they hand do a lot on in the it. Second one. Yeah, they mm. do that in the second one, and it's brought up in the first one where uh, James Franco's character takes Caesar out. And he's like, "All right, we're gonna get get you out of the house. We're gonna go to the redwoods." And so he has him on a collar on a leash, yeah. and he takes him off the leash and, and runs off. And yeah, Caesar goes to run off, and he turns around and he looks at James Franco's character. And he holds out his palm. Which is like, may I? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. And like, yeah. And uh, the girl is just like, oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that. And, he's, and James Franco is like, what? And she's like, he's asking you for permission. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, oh, okay. And so the girl shows James Franco to like, take his hand and you put it on top of their open palm and, and you, you swipe. It. Yeah, you uh-huh. brush it. Mm-hmm. And they take that as a sign. And I actually looked this up when I was rewatching the movies the other day. I was like, what the fuck? Do apes really do that? And they do. That's oh, a do real it? ape thing. Yeah. So like, apparently I went and looked it up. There's this guy that went and saw the, uh, rise of the planet of the apes. He mm-hmm. like works with monkeys. And so he was like looking for accuracy in the movie. I was like, no fucking way. This guy works with monkeys and he's like watching this movie and dissecting stuff. And he said a lot of the stuff that happens in those movies are really accurate from the biting off of the fingers to the permission brush thing. So what happens is like, whenever they say anything about them communicating, is that just sign language they're doing? Or is that like actual, like things that they do? In it's wild? it's a mix. So like most, like they, which apes and gorilla, I don't know about apes. I know there is a gorilla who in the real world who can actually communicate a little bit by sign language. Mm-hmm. She was actually a good friend of uh, Robin Williams. Oh, wow. Ro- Robin Williams would go and like play with her sometimes and have fun with her. And I remember seeing a video about it when Robin Williams passed away they told they told her coco yeah coco coco Coco, the gorilla and they Uh went and told her and she was like and she looked kind of sad and they asked her if she was okay and i think she signed like sad or something Mm -hmm. because her buddy robin williams just killed himself and she yeah so like monkeys can literally like communicate with us and so that's like a thing they can do where they can do sign language if they're they can catch on to it if they're taught taught it but apparently the brushing thing um he the guy said yeah they do like the alpha ape well mm-hmm. it's a thing where like submissive ones will do that but they don't necessarily do it for permission they do it for reassurance okay what happens is they might fuck up and like embarrass themselves like in front of the other apes or do something like some lot of yeah series. some kind of like mistake or something and which came back in the other movies more Don, not necessarily yeah. in the first like one Koba does and, it a few times yeah Koba, yeah absolutely crazy. yeah uh-huh. and so what happens is they'll ask for forgiveness kind mm-hmm. of for being like i'm sorry or whatever and they hold out their palm and the alpha will brush his palm on the top and then that's whatever and so i was wondering if that was like an accurate thing and apparently it is it's just not super accurate not like not the way they kind of portray it in the movie at least in the first one because in the first one he's literally asking for permission to go do something and it, like he's asking for permission from James Franco to go play in the trees. Oh, other than Don, that's because like Koba asked for permission to do something, but he no. does the opposite. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. Asks yeah. For yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and that one makes more sense yeah. because he fucks up and he asks for forgiveness because he got caught. And the first movie, he's just like, you know, you raised me. I want to go play in these trees, and you're letting me off the leash. Like, is, it, is it okay? Basically, and yeah, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's okay. And so that that's the whole meaning behind that scene. And so that one apparently isn't super accurate, yeah. but it's still something that they they just kind of took liberties just, with it, and it's fine. It's it still works. It's yeah. awesome. And for that to be like the guy who went and saw the monkey worker, who went and saw the movie. The monkey only worker. <laughs> the the only he's a, he's one of <laughs> he none of those monkey workers. <laughs> no, the uh, the only gripe he really had with it, which was probably something in the CGI department, I guess, is the fact that when monkeys 
uh, when like chimpanzees or whatever feel threatened or aggressive or anything, their hair bristles a lot more. Their it's hair, kind of hard yeah, their hair that. like stand yeah. up more on their heads and their arms. And he just noticed that wasn't happening that yeah. much. So it was that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, that's just something where it's like, oh, they probably weren't able to get that much detail into it. Yeah. So whatever. But, but even with that, they look fucking incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, yes, it's, it's yeah. completely amazing. Yeah. Um, the technology, how <clears throat> technology has come. The whole time watching it, you know, there's very few times in the movie whenever the apes don't look good jesus christ yeah they look so um, freaking good and the one that always blows me away is maurice the maurice, orangutan who's my favorite character yeah he's my favorite character yeah. too and he looks fucking every scene he's in he looks real yeah, he's awesome. i have to be like this isn't a real orangutan yeah which sometimes i'm doubting now i'm like is this a real orangutan I like the, i can't yeah, tell i think the only times where it doesn't work i think it's usually on caesar yeah with full body shots yeah where you see his whole body there's sometimes wherever his body will move awkwardly for Mm -hmm. a second you're like oh but if they do anything from like chest up not that it looks bad the whole body there's just like a couple times just if you had to nitpick you're like yeah i guess that one um it's so amazing it's it's incredible yeah it's so good but whenever you bring up him you know asking for for permission reminds you also that this trilogy it being the Caesar trilogy, I love you see his arc. I like yeah. you see him from birth, literally his birth, yeah, to his spoiler. Wait, we were supposed to his yeah, death. Spoilers, <laughs> to his to yeah, his, he uh, dies death. at the end he of the movie. Yeah. But you see, he's basically an old man in this one. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't know how I don't know what eight years work like. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got a lot of gray hair. Yeah, yeah, he's got even gray though hair. his lifespan's probably got only more been wrinkles, like thirty years or something yeah. like that. He, and he's, he's and a lot of us just you know like I mean I'm sure they react to stress kind of the same way humans do yeah, sometimes sure. and he's going through he's very, very stressful jaded. stuff he's very jaded he's very jaded. he turns on a lot of stuff like he uh, the main thing that tips him over the point happens at the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. where his family's killed his family gets he's uh yeah and that's like a they, huge they, thing they, for him uh woody harrelson has been chasing him for two years yeah. i guess or so they've at, been on the run or hiding yeah so at, at the end of dawn of the planet of the apes uh, Koba is the one that instigates the war between the humans. Yeah, he frames the and apes. he frame. Yeah, he like frames like he does this whole thing. He where does he's, a purposely frame. Yeah, he really he, tries to take out. The yeah, humans. He, fra- he frames okay. the humans and yeah. he's like he assassinates uh, Caesar from like hidden a hidden viewpoint mm-hmm. and so like everyone sees a gun and all the chimpanzees and they're like oh my god the humans are here human. we don't have guns and yeah so Koba uses that as a catalyst to propel the chimpanzees into a war with the with the humans which I think so like. I think this movie honestly should have been called Dawn, and the Dawn movie should have been called War. I honestly yeah. think that's how it should have yeah, worked. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, because they're actually because like instigating actually like more war, of a war. Yeah, yeah, and this one, it's like it's officially becoming the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. now in this movie. But yeah, that actually makes <clears> a lot of sense if you think about that. Yeah. So in the second movie, you have Koba do that thing, and then like so they're fighting, and Caesar comes back. He's still alive. Didn't like Koba didn't kill him successfully. He just like wounded him pretty bad. So he comes back and whoops. Caesar whoops his ass and kills him. And kills him. But even though he asked for forgiveness, yeah, he's, he's like, like nope. you can't kill me because like, Caesar's rule is apes don't kill apes. Yeah, and so Koba tries to ask for yeah, he's forgiveness like, you for can't like kill the third me. or fourth time in the film. Yeah, is like, hey, you don't kill apes. Yeah, and he's like, you're not, not an, an ape. ape. And yeah, he, <laughs> and he drops him to his death. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. lets him fall to his death. Yeah. But within all of that, with the humans reacting, they contact some humans up north, and they're mm. like, hey, we're getting overran, like all this stuff we need some help. And so, uh, what happens and all is, they see as is apes attacked. Us. Yeah. Not like a specific ape, but yeah, apes they just in general say apes. attacked yeah. us. And a lot of those people get fucked up. And at the end of the movie, one of the good humans, is just like Caesar, like we got to come back from this. We got to be okay. And Caesar's like, Hey, it's not, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. Like, we're sorry, dude. And the guy's like, 
yeah, like maybe not. They called for help, so mm-hmm. fuck. And they're yeah, like, right. that's how the second movie ends. You're just like, great, now there's humans coming because they know there's some bad apes out here. And we killed the bad ape, but still, now they're coming. And so this movie opens up, like, what, two years after that, two years after. where these people are coming after Caesar and his apes they've been hunting them for years which also i didn't just... realize there's 15 years between rise and dawn yeah i didn't realize, I didn't realize it, was it was that, that long. long yeah yeah. But yeah it's been two years and but continue yeah so like they uh the humans come in and they're looking for caesar mm-hmm. and they end up eventually finding him at the place where the chimpanzees are staying uh, all the apes are staying and everything and they come in at night and woody harrelson's character is like a colonel yeah he's like he's like the leader or whatever yeah and so he comes in and he kills who he thinks is caesar but it's actually one of caesar's sons his eldest son Uh, yeah his elder son his eldest son uh, blue eyes yeah so his i don't know his wife's name but his son is blue eyes Mm -hmm. and then his other son who we figured out later cornelius is, is the main, like the main character yeah, in the main, original I always let's say antagonist but <clears throat> the lead monkey like the yeah. main monkey in main ape in yeah. the original plan yeah, yeah like the Charles Charles Heston Heston thing. so this and you know it's funny because you had you were thinking the same thing and blaze our buddy who went and saw with us was also thinking the same thing you know about halfway through they're saying his name and stuff yeah i was like is Cornelius a character in yeah, the original? That's films? what I, I was never thinking. watched I was, the whole neither, original I, ones yeah. through. I, I get the references, you know, watch good portions of it. But, yeah, uh, I didn't know if, what his name was, and we googled it after. It's like, oh, Cornelius is. Yep. So this is leading up to so like twenty, thirty years later would be the events of Planet of the Apes, yeah. the original Planet. Yeah, of the Apes. they make a they make a nod a lot of nods like that. There's yeah. like there's a girl in this movie who can't talk. She's affected by the flu. She doesn't die, thankfully, but she's become more simple she's a little girl she has the simian she's flu. just kind of come to grips with, yeah with living that way yeah because she's a little kid she doesn't know any yeah better and so she like plays with the apes and everything she and at one, one of them basically. yeah and at one point her name is revealed to be nova, nova. and uh, or at least that's what one of the apes uh maurice, maurice gives her that name because she uh has the paneling little, like the, the nova. metal paneling for a chevy nova yeah yeah she has like the paneling she's like uh, playing with it she taps it on uh, things and so maurice gives her the name nova and then you uh we looked that up later and Nova is apparently a girl. Yeah, she's, the she's original she's movies too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is all leading into uh, yeah. um, the, the very first one. Yeah, this is and the trilogy. So this trilogy is Caesar's trilogy. Yeah. It's just the story of how it all starts. So and it's Caesar, his birth, and, his death, and yeah. now now the next trilogy will probably be Cornelius. That'll probably be the next trilogy. Actually, It'll probably be Cornelius be. growing and and it could be those yeah, and it could be those astronauts coming back and showing what happened to the statue of liberty yeah like why i got sunk and all of that, that yeah. Explained yeah. Yet at all. because uh one of the other nods they make in the first movie rise of the planet of the planet of the apes it's like this thing that you kind of have to look for is like a news clipping there's like a news article there's other things and then later on the film they show it on the news on tv yeah yeah but what it is is that there's supposed to be a first manned mission to mars mm-hmm. and so these and astronauts take off yeah that's charlton heston's character it's an astronaut that goes off in the space mm-hmm. And then they kind of get fucked up and they're like lost for a little bit. Right. And so it could be a thing where they come back in the later movies in the franchise. Mm -hmm. And from what we've heard online, it doesn't sound like any of the movies are really going to retread or retell a lot of the older stuff. That's why I think it's just going to be about Cornelius growing up. Which which it definitely could be, but I'm pretty sure at one point since they've set up that thing, they set up that thing with the astronaut, it's definitely a thing that can – 
come back and yeah, sure. they can definitely play with and do their own thing with not make it a complete uh retread do of... a cgi charlton heston <laughs> at the very end of the one right Dude, before planet of the apes if so they get like landing back down if they get like, like what the fuck is this if they get like marvel or marvel or disney in on it like they'll Shit. be fine because they... well they both those companies reach out to andy circus oh really because it's him and mark ruffalo does the incredible hulk oh okay like the Hulk in the Avengers movies, that's him doing the mocap with Mark Ruffalo. Oh shit! And he does Snoke for Star Wars: yeah, Force Awakens yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So they reach out to his company to Jesus do the CGI. Christ, so yeah. I mean, it's he can already do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Damn, mean, that's crazy. But yeah, his son and his wife get <clears throat> killed, and that's why it feels like we mentioned earlier a revenge film. Yeah, because he's kind of like, all right, I'm going out. It's like. Because he, he tells all the other apes, his apes, son comes yeah. back and he's like, hey, we found this place out in the desert. They're wanting to get away from humans. Yeah. And so he's like, his Caesar's son comes back from a journey and he's like, hey, we found this place. We can go over there. And then, you know, he gets killed later mm-hmm. on that night by the colonel. Mm-hmm. And so that infuriates Caesar. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've given humans every fucking chance I can. Yeah. And now they've ki- literally killed my family. Yeah. And he's like, not again. Everybody like, except not... for my baby. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. And so Caesar is like, all right, he hangs on to that hate. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to end this. I'm going to fucking kill someone. And so, yeah, the first half of the movie is a revenge flick. He yeah. like gets on, he tells everyone else to go. He's like, he's like, go to the place that my son was talking about. Just go. I'm going to go handle this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And he's gonna go by himself, but Maurice. Yeah, then Maurice. And Rocket, I think Rocket. Yeah, and Luca. I think that's Maybe? it's like a gorilla. A yeah, gorilla. the chimpanzee is Rocket. Maurice is the orangutan, and then I can't remember the gorilla's name. I think it's yeah. Luca is a gorilla, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because they're riding on horses. Yeah, <laughs> and this is part I, I'm like. Can a gorilla ride a horse? Because they're riding a horse, and at one point they're riding fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this horse is like, off. and then yeah. it's like keeping up. Yeah. I don't gorillas know, are heavy. Yeah, I don't, yeah <laughs> I don't know. And later on, like Rocket gets his horse stolen from him. Yeah. And so Luca throws him on the back yeah, of so his horse. Like so I'm like, no, that horse is it's fucked. There's full, no way. <laughs> it's a full-grown gorilla and a full-grown chimpanzee, yeah. like riding on the back of a regular-looking horse. Yeah. <laughs> but you're just kind of following caesar trying to hunt down the colonel yeah and kill him mm-hmm. and they run into what's his name the the monkey that they another monkey they find out can talk uh oh, bad, bad ape uh yeah i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if his name is bad ape or not that's, but steve zahn plays him yeah he, that's just what he refers to himself like he's basically the story with him is that he was from a zoo yes. and he escaped with some other monkeys and then this whole thing like he bad ape yeah he like listens he he says he's able to talk because at one point when they encounter him he steals the horse Mm -hmm. and he takes off and he's living by himself and he's doing his own thing and they chase him down because they stole he stole a horse from him and caesar and them like maurice goes to talk to him and he's signing and bad ape doesn't understand it right and then caesar is like one of maurice is like i don't think he understands and caesar says something and bad ape's like oh yeah he talks (laughs) and it's like whoa and so there's this like implication there are implied thing where like other monkeys are also learning how to develop like this other stuff yeah. which is uh-huh. for me it felt like a weird stretch because i was like it, it's, I not, don't... It, it's not that we never thought of because caesar like i thought about this movie when that happened yeah it clicked but caesar has his tribe yeah 
and these are like the apes are from that area. It's everyone and that he helped he found, escape, yeah, and he and he he, from he the zoos yeah he and he the put this places. like he exposed them to the yeah. virus. But then it's also we know from the first movie it's passed on genetically. Yeah. So this is all the offspring yeah. of all the monkeys that he helped yeah. escape and all this stuff. So he's got yeah. a big tribe. But I never thought about oh the simian flu is spreading. Yeah. So why wouldn't it affect monkeys yeah. in other areas? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like oh shit yeah. like. And I think it's kind of literally Rock Caesar's world yeah. also a little bit because it kind of looks at him. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, like this is bigger. Yeah. Like, this is bigger than us. Yeah. It like, wiped out the is... humans. If it wiped out the humans, then it's helping all the other apes. Yeah. Right. Like it's... Which I didn't even think about. Neither did I. Which was uh, it, it, like when it first hit me, I was like, I don't know if I buy that. But as the movie kept going, I was just like, yeah, no, that kind of makes sense. Like yeah. shit, that could definitely be a thing. So. Damn, and that's and I think that's a perfect setup for later movies too, where yeah, they sure. encounter other tribes or whatever civilizations mm-hmm. of apes, and they try to work together with them or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely a good setup for it. It yeah. explains it very well. And so Caesar and them, they find Bad Ape, and he like teams up with them. They find the little girl because they find this other like place where this He's guy is hanging out. Yeah. yeah, He's like cabin. Yeah, and so this guy walks out and he encounters him and he's like carrying in firewood mm-hmm. and he puts it down but then like immediately goes for his gun and Caesar's like nope and fucking shoots him yeah well and he tries he, to shoot yeah he yeah, tries to yeah, shoot yeah he's like uh, yeah he's like pulling out Maurice his gun he goes to fi- yeah go to shoot go shoot Maurice and Caesar though. was ha- hiding yeah like Caesar was like in another house mm-hmm. and he like blew him away and so then they hear something else and they go and they find a little girl mm-hmm. and Caesar's yeah. like yeah Caesar's like we can't I'm like no we can't do this and Maurice is like yeah, She'll I know we can't, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah. It's like, this is a little girl. We're not leaving her here. And so Maurice takes on the fatherly role kind of to her and like, all right, all right, we're taking her. And Caesar seems to be cool with it. He's just, it's an incredible journey for Caesar over the three movies. And he's so jaded. It, it definitely restores his, hu- it restores his views of humanity. It does. Yeah. It helps yeah, him. It helps okay. him. Yeah. It helps him like still kind of connect with the human race a little mm. bit. But at the same time, he's still just so pissed. Like, yeah. like the colonel, yeah, the colonel killed his wife and his yeah. eldest son. Like, mm. he's fucking done. Yeah. And so that's why the whole the whole first movie is like this revenge revenge story feeling, where he's chasing, he's like hunting down the colonel. Yeah. And he they're finding out all this other stuff. At one point, they come across, uh, they're like right behind the uh, colonel and them. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, they're taken off. But then they heard they heard like gunshots first, yeah. and then they go over and they find three dead, like recently dead, like humans. Except they, for one, yeah, except for one, and they like dig. They're trying to like figure out what's up with them. The guy like does can't like talk. a death gasp, and yeah. he like comes back to life for a second. And he can't talk or anything, mm-hmm. and that's when they realize like, oh, this guy's like he's the same as her. Maurice and Caesar are just like, okay, so what the hell's going on here? Like, some humans can't talk now. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then later on, they end they up learn about the simian flu. Yeah, they advances. learn about the simian flu because they get to the colonel's like hideout place, and what they end up discovering is that these people they caught Caesar's tribe on the way to their place to the desert to like the new place. Yeah, yeah the huh? desert, and so they keep they keep them as prisoners, and it turns to into a, a very yeah, yeah, and they're like building a wall because the colonel's worried about other people coming and the actual killing yeah the actual military coming and killing them because the colonel's kind of went rogue he's kind of realized that hey we thought we were good with the simian flu now we thought it was done but nope it's still on us it's still evolving and now it's affecting people and it's making them lose motor skills making them lose their sanity it's making them lose their ability to speak it's turning them into apes (laughs) like we can't do this and Mm -hmm. so he he goes on this whole rant when he's talking to caesar at one point because they end up seeing caesar and they capture 
uh, Caesar, the other people, Mora, or the other apes, Morris and Maurice and them, they're on the outside. And so they help like Caesar and them escape later, but Caesar gets captured and taken in. And so Woody Harrelson's character does this whole villainy monologue thing and it's telling them about it and stuff, which is where you start seeing the flaws in his acting a little bit is when, when he's there and you're like, Oh, they should have got someone else. But, um, it goes from death wish for the first half. Yeah. It was like death wish with apes. (laughs) And then the second half is like the great escape with apes. Yeah. Caesar gets, in prison and they're just trying to find a way to yeah. like, escape because they have all the children like all the children apes yeah. there and all the grown apes so yeah. they gotta figure out how to get them all out yeah. and it's just like 30 minutes of Caesar basically getting tortured and humiliated yeah. it was, and that's when it, when it was showing all that and I was like oh maybe that's what they mean by war for the planet of the apes mm-hmm. and like it's not showing what we thought of as a war with like oh explosions and crazy battles, battles yeah. and stuff like that and like, there's no, a couple yeah there is but, but there's like, not that many like it's only like at the yeah. very beginning and the very end. Very end. That's it. Everything else is a character piece. Yeah, they book yeah, they've used those battles to book in this crazy character piece where like we start realizing we start seeing Caesar and how he's affected by humans in different ways. Like sure. in the first movie where he's raised by one, in the second movie where he's hesitant but still willing to help. And then the third movie is where he's fucking done. And he's like, I've been taken advantage of so much with all this shit, I can't do it anymore. You guys are literally ripping my like world from me my life my wife and kids like i, I have can't no do home, this i have no family yeah it's like what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah. and so like Go suicide yeah you see this like jaded stuff of caesar and it's just so with the war for the planet of the apes thing especially when he gets caught i started realizing like okay maybe that's what they're doing maybe they're showing a different side of war that we never really see maybe they're they're showing the internment camps yeah. they're showing the yeah. torture they're showing the mm-hmm. psychological POWs. struggle of yeah yeah exactly these people there's one i thought it was amazing the amazing part in the movie where caesar's out there with the other monkeys they're already they're all they're all captured and they're are monkeys different from apes i keep saying yeah. monkeys and like it's it's apes, <laughs> it's apes but yeah it's, well, it's like yeah but yeah <laughs> so like they're all out there building a wall yeah. for like the colonels got them building the wall to like hey we need a wall built because we can't let these people come in. And yeah, blah, they're blah. gonna try to take my facility from yeah, me, so yeah. do this wall, so we have something yeah. to barricade them off. Yeah, he's already like, you guys are fucking chimpanzees, and you caused all this anyways. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna capture you and treat you like shit and use you for manual labor. And so they're all they're building a wall, and one of the older monkeys like drops like a piece of the brick or whatever. And they pull him to the side of one of the donkeys, the, the gorillas Gorilla. that like mm-hmm. help the humans mm-hmm. instead of they like betray their race and they help humans instead of because apes. They said that most of them used to be followers of Koba. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Co- this whole, uh, this whole idea where it's like, listen, Koba was going to do something good, but mm-hmm. Caesar killed him. Mm-hmm. So fuck that. We'll help the humans kill Caesar now. So yeah, they do right. this, they do this whole thing. And so that's where the donkeys come from. Is there are mm-hmm. these gorillas that are just helping the humans. But at one point, this old chimpanzee drops a piece of the brick when mm-hmm. they're building the wall, and the gorilla like pulls him up, takes him down, and starts whipping him. Yeah. And then, like, I thought it was the best part of the movie because uh, Caesar comes up and he's just like, "Stop!" Like yeah. he yells. Like he does. Yeah, exactly. Like like he does. Yeah, like, no! exactly. Yeah, he yells something, <laughs> and it's awesome. And so, like, he stops it, and then uh, the colonel sees that, and he's like, "Bring him up here." And so, like, they drag, the donkeys, like, drag Caesar and the old chimpanzee up there, and they make them kneel, and uh, the colonel's like, hey, Caesar, tell these monkeys to get back to work, man. 
and he's like we and caesar's like you got you haven't fed you haven't given anything to us like we need it in order to live and so the gorilla the one of the donkeys starts whipping caesar and caesar doesn't take his he doesn't take his eyes off the colonel yeah. like he's just in there getting hit in the back with a whip and he's just for staring it feels like he notices it yeah yeah like he's just sitting there staring i thought i thought it was like a really like powerful moment i was just like fuck that's awesome mm-hmm. like they're doing this with the chimpanzee that that's why these movies are so ridiculous they're doing these awesome character human kind of things yeah, right and they're doing them with like chimpanzees mm-hmm. And with CGI and everything, but still, like, they do that, and so Caesar doesn't really break. No. And the colonel's like, oh, okay, that's not going to break it, and he pulls out his gun and puts it to his head, and, like, it's still, I think he does it first, like, he pu- puts his gun to Caesar's head. No, he shoots the one Does he first. shoot the other one yeah, first? Shoots, oh, okay, he shoots, yeah. He shoots the old orangutan Yeah, first. he shoots the old orangutan, and he's like, bam, he's like, that's, he's like, the whip it isn't going to break you? Fine, I'll start killing people. And so he kills the one, and then puts the gun to Caesar's head, and he's like, tell them to get back to work. And one of the uh, one of the apes in the back, like Lake. lifts up the rock. Lake, yeah, that's her name. She lifts up the rock and she's like, "Hey, we're gonna start working again. Don't worry about it." And so they all work and they all like save Caesar's life by being like, "No, no, no, we'll work. Don't, don't hurt him." Yeah. And so they. Uh, he's too full of pride. Yeah, exactly. Because Caesar isn't gonna give up. Yeah. He's, he's even give a countdown. He's like five. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Three. <laughs> and they're and like Caesar's just looking at him. Yeah, and they start. Uh, they start working and they save caesar's life basically but that's uh that leads me into another thing that i really like about these films is that these films are so well done with the demand they give to their audience they're like listen we know this is a movie about apes but we have high expectations of you yeah right and so we're expecting you to read some subtitles Mm -hmm. and so like they make the audience it's like in the first movie a lot of that is just apes signing Signing to other apes they're doing Mm -hmm. sign language and you have to read and you're like okay it's not complicated dialogue it's not but still it's like i i find that always really interesting when tv shows or movies when they do prolonged runs of subtitles Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't like read and they're watching a fucking movie they don't want to read shit i'm fine with it i turn subtitles on on everything i watch netflix blu-rays i turn it i love because i'm a writer so i like seeing the language written so i can like I, yeah, that's read subtitles all yeah time it's also. like it's a good way to expand your vocabulary and your spelling Especially and all this kind of with, stuff uh, accents yeah oh absolutely yeah anything, yeah so. exactly you feel like you might miss something mm-hmm. and so i feel like this movie that's part of the reason they put it in is because like when an ape's talking it's kind of loose so even when caesar talks sometimes you're like wait a minute what are you saying mm-hmm. what's he saying but at the same time they even from the first movie they these movies expect a lot from their audience and they're like Listen, this movie's gonna be silent for a minute because we're just gonna have monkeys signing to each yeah, other. Right. So fucking read and it, fine. and it's and it's fine. It works beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just so good that they had that confidence in themselves mm-hmm. to be like, we're gonna do this. So just go with it, and the yeah. audience does, and it works beautifully. Yeah, but one of the things that I do like with Caesar's character, specifically with all that, is that he, even throughout all three movies, he begins to talk more. But he's still not talking that much. By this movie, he's definitely talking the most that he's ever talked. Yeah, because the very first movie just says no. Yeah. And then he says that first sentence to... Like James Franco's character at the end. He's like, he's like, I am home or something. And the second one, he says... A couple different very, things. very yeah. broken. Yeah, though. it's very, very, very broken. Yeah. This one, he's a little bit more fluent. Yeah, and this so one, he definitely So it's just like semi fluid for him, like... It's continuing to yeah. make him smarter and continuing yeah. to evolve him more. And yeah, he's, since he's like patient zero, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he's just so like he's, developing like so fast. Yeah, from... but it's it's something that I thought was really good that they just keep going with it. They're just like, 
he talks maybe two times in the first movie. Yeah. And then in the second movie, he's talking a little bit more. And the third movie, he's talking a little bit more. Yeah. It's still like, he's still signing with the other apes and everything. But when he runs into Woody Harrelson's character, they're talking, mm-hmm. they're conversing with each other. And Woody Harrelson is just like blown away by like what How Caesar. Yeah. Is. Like understands, mm-hmm. like he brings him in and he's just like, he's just talking to him. He's like, yeah, I've heard about you. And Caesar says something. I think he says at one point he's like, "What? What was wrong with those uh, men that you killed?" And he's just like, "God damn!" He's like, "You are impressive. Like you're catching on to stuff yeah. that I didn't think a monkey would." Yeah. Like it's it's ridiculous. And I think that definitely works towards Caesar's favor with his enemy underestimating him mm-hmm. and not realizing that he is in fact just like a human yeah. and super smart and able to catch on to stuff and understand things. And I feel that yeah. um, whatever apes talk, you can tell they're intelligence yeah mostly you know of course with caesar him talking as we're talking about his use of language is like okay well he's evolved kobo is the same way oh yeah. he's talking a lot like yeah and in the first movie they're like wow he's like picking up a lot of things really quickly like yeah definitely yeah. he's like having crazy advancements from the, the drug you yeah. know so the whole time i'm thinking throughout the last two films like, why isn't Maurice talking? Because Maurice is clearly yeah. one of the most he's one intelligent of the ones, yeah. apes, you know? And he's clearly an advisor. He's mm-hmm. clearly, you know, the right-hand man. Yeah. And this movie, he talks for the first time. Yeah. That we hear. Mm-hmm. So, the very first thing you hear him say is when he actually names Nova, and she gives the things like, she's like, oh, am I an ape? She yeah, yeah. And she and signs like, it to him. Yeah. And he takes the plate from her, the Nova plate, and he's like, no, like, you're Nova. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So... Some time goes by, you know, in the movie. Everything's wrapping up at the compound. Caesar gets mortally wounded by a crossbow bolt. Which looked ridiculous when it happened. It, looked, it, it could use a different angle or a different yeah. shot. He's like running in slow. Like he, he picks up grenades. Basically, has... the, the army that they're trying to defend against showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After uh, the monkeys the had colonels, escaped because yeah, the, they yeah. were planning this whole escape yeah. and the, Maurice was on the outside with Rocket yeah. and so they were planning Caesar this Caesar got thing all and, the imprisoned apes out Yeah, and the colonel's men are up on the barrier yeah, and they're fighting. up on the wall and they're holding them off. Yeah. So Caesar, after, um, we'll get to a second because it's a really powerful scene, after dealing with the colonel, mm-hmm. goes to get some grenades and he sees a big flammable tank Yeah, and he's going to throw a hand grenade at it and blow it up and blow the bridge up. So he starts running towards it, and he has a grenade in his hand, and yeah. then he just fucking falls. Yeah, it looks like he trips or something. It's in slow motion. Yeah, slow He's motion, running. And he just stumbles like, and doop, doop. falls. And I laugh a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> like it's really? Like, what? It's like, what is this? Yeah, and then you find out, oh, he got hit. He yeah. puts his arm up, he has an arrow. And they don't even directly show it at first. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He gets up, and you see something hanging out you're of like, him. What you're the like, fuck? what the it's fuck It's a crossbow bolt. It's a crossbow bolt stuck in his, like, right under his arm, like, under his side. Yeah. So he gets mortally wounded by that. So when they finish up with the compound and everything. Which is weird because he has that wound for, a re- it seems like a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. make the whole journey to the desert. They make the whole journey. He and then when they get there, he's like, oh, I'm hurt. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. This journey had to yeah. take days, he if gets, not weeks. He gets all on? of the apes to where they needed to be. Yeah. To where yeah. they wanted to go at the very beginning of the film. Absolutely. He gets them there. Yeah. So he's sitting there with Maurice. And they're sitting there and they're sighing to each other. And he's like, you know, I, you need to take care of my son or whatever. Yeah. And Maurice's like, oh. And looks at him and he shows him the wound. He's bleeding. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And then Maurice is like, don't worry. It's like, your son will know what you did. Yeah. 
And I want to see her be like, oh, thank... Holy fuck, you can talk? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? This whole time you've been doing this sign shit with me and you can talk this whole time? <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it's like, you're my best friend. We've been hanging out for like 17 years and now you say something. Yeah. Like, what the I fuck? Mean, maybe it took him that long to kind of catch on to it, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. Maybe he's like, oh no, I could talk this whole time. He just not want to listen to me. <laughs> asshole but no my my only gripe with that uh i mean wasn't really a gripe but yeah it's just he has that wound for a long time he gets hit with it at the base and then he comes back and he's like he gets everyone together and like the avalanche happens so like the one army is taking out the other army and so there's a huge explosion Mm -hmm. caesar helps like kill off like the main army and they all escape and then the bad arm or the other armies there because there's like two different armies and it felt like this movie like kind of lost focus a little around yeah, some sure. of that because there was like these bad guys and these but at the same time they had so many things going and it all worked so well yeah sure yeah it just ah, it fucking works so beautifully but like still there was this thing where like so caesar does the blow up thing he blows he uses the grenade and then it triggers an avalanche mm-hmm. and so all the other monkeys like go running on the side of them yeah it's on the side of snowy. like a snowy mountain yeah. and stuff and so like he looked like everyone looks and they're just like Caesar makes it out. The other army is there. They're all cheering because they beat the one army with the help of Caesar and Caesar escapes and he's standing there and all the like people fall he's silent. The avalanche yeah. Like, like you they, don't know what he's looking at. Yeah. First. They all turn and they see Caesar standing there and they're like, Oh uh, shit. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should kill this ape real quick. And then like, <laughs> yeah. And Caesar's like looking and like, they all turn like as one guy goes to raise his gun towards Caesar and then they all turn and they see an avalanche come in. And I was like, no fucking way. And the avalanche like comes down and it wipes out the other army completely. And, and the, yeah, the apes like survive by like climbing they into the climb trees. trees. <laughs> and so he climbs up a tree and like, it's all knocking him around and stuff. Yeah. Caesar, he's, he's hanging out of the tree <laughs> and then it's all done. He looks up and all of the other apes, all both cells. I mean, this is like. <laughs> A couple hundred apes are just all safe in the trees, just looking at them. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Really? Their trees are get knocked at all with all that weight on the trees. Yeah, the, yeah, no. I was no like, I was like, they're running towards trees. Like the trees get knocked down in avalanches, and I guess like the way the mountain was designed or whatever, it was like all the snow kind of steered towards the complex anyways because it was like that side of it, right? And so it goes down into the complex and over the gates and then onto the other army. And the apes had already run up the side of the mountain a little bit right. and onto the like where the forest was. So they got into the tree. But still, it was like, yeah, hundreds of them. I mean, shit, there's a tree that just fell right next to my apartment, like in between our apartment <laughs> buildings. Because it was rot, because it was too dead. Yeah. And a little bit of wind knocked over and smashed a person's fucking yeah. car. You're going to tell me a bunch of gorillas <laughs> got into a tree and then fall over. All yeah, right. it would have it made a little bit more sense if, like, there were some stakes there and someone died. Like, rocket or something. If, yeah. like, rocket died. If yeah. you, like, I, thought, I thought one of them were going to die. Yeah, if you saw, like, one. Yeah, if you saw, like. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have a favorite scene in the film or have any favorite scenes that you're really. <sighs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I know the opening battle scene is like, pretty great. Yeah, yeah, the definitely scene, I, I think the opening battle scene is maybe better than the ending battle you scene. Think? You think? You think? Yeah, because it felt like really claustrophobic. It yeah. actually felt like you were like, pinned down with Yeah, no, definitely. It, it felt... Oh, wait a minute. Here's... Okay, I think I... Shit, there was like one part where I was cringing. And I was like, fuck, fuck. I can't remember what it was. Shit. Apparently it didn't stand out that much if I can't remember it. There was... There was something that was... Ha- oh, yeah. 
the uh, first battle scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's when the uh, other apes show up and they start launching arrows, and you see all that the arrows. Me yeah, out. the arrows and the spears, and yeah. it was showing it from the humans' point of view. And so all these humans were running away, and these arrows were just raining down and, and just spears. Impelling people. Yeah, I was, fr- I was like, oh my fucking. Yeah, God. Like, that's the first. And yeah, that's a, what the movie it's opens in the first with. ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and that always scares me. Like in Game of Thrones or like three hundred. Yeah, arrows just any, coming like, anyways. Like yes. when you see. I guess our brain doesn't comprehend like somebody shooting a machine gun, like a couple of machine guns getting fired. You don't yeah. see the bullets, but seeing like see... a rain of spears yeah. or arrows coming yeah. upon you, is it's terrifying. It is because you just see it coming down, and it's like, "There's no way I can get out of this." Yeah. Like, yeah, unless you have like a metal, like a still build building to yeah. hide under or something. Yeah, I remember that part. That's probably not my favorite part because, in all honesty, my favorite part is probably. Uh, the conversation between Caesar and uh, and the Colonel. That's the part that, where that's the part I had problems. With. It's it it feels like there's definitely a I part. There's a lot of potential in that scene. It definitely was, and it could it's it's not as good as it could have been mm-hmm. if they had like another actor or something. Mm-hmm. But still, just what they were going for in it, mm-hmm. I thought was just re- still really like the message they got across was still just really well done. Yeah. And, yeah, there was a little bit like lackluster stuff with Woody Harrelson, right. but it was. I just yeah, I thought it was still really well done. Sure, my my favorite scene was uh, whenever <clears throat> Caesar finally confronts the Colonel. Finally, oh okay, yeah, that's the part that the I compound's getting liked least with Woody Harrelson's character. Really, I liked yeah. it the best his his acting right there. Oh was, yeah, it was yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to pull that off. It is, also. but still, I was like, oh, um, God. the compound's getting attacked finally by the military. Better, All yeah. the apes have escaped. Um, Caesar's saying behind, Caesar's got this so one thing him. to do. So everybody's yeah. like, "Hey, like, come with us." Yeah, and he's like, "Maurice is right. It's like I am like Cobra because the whole movie yeah. Caesar's been having he's trying this not inner to be. Bo- yeah. yeah, he's been this inner turmoil about like what you know. I'm being driven by hate and revenge. It's yeah. just what Cobra is. Cobra exactly. is too hateful. Yeah. So the whole movie, he's just like down and he's mad. And finally, he's like, you know, maybe maybe I do just want revenge. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, take care of all the other <laughs> apes. Like, I'm going to go take yeah. care of business. So yeah, he definitely. confronts the colonel. Like, the soldiers have been knocking on the colonel's door because they're getting attacked. Yeah, they're he's trying not to get answering. Yeah. So Caesar gets up there, and he's walking through, and he's looking at, like, the table where all the colonel's plans are, and it's like knocked over flask and mm-hmm. everything's in ruin which i thought it was drunk at first yeah at first yeah like, it's like oh it's just shit face oh okay it's like, he's right, just hung over drunk, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and like everything is just torn up and he like walks into the next room yeah and the colonel's there and the simian flu has taken yeah it hit him has advanced because he yeah. picked up a doll from nova, nova. yeah they found nova cell yeah nova gets at one point in the movie she gets into the uh, compound mm-hmm. and she's trying to like help with something mm-hmm. and she runs over to caesar and she still has her doll and so she gives caesar her doll and like the doll is still in the cell when they pull caesar out mm-hmm. and the colonel sees it and he picks it up he's like where the hell did this come from yeah, and he doesn't get an answer but it. yeah he takes it and so yeah nova has the simian flu yeah. and he gets infected with it yeah, from having and, the doll and so caesar confronts him and at first he picks up the fucking gun like yep. there's a gun on the table yeah in his holster yeah and he picks up the gun because it's Basically, the colonel's just laying there, like, mm-hmm. half-naked because he just woke up, I yeah. guess, you know, or was sleeping and during the night. And so he doesn't have his motor functions or anything like that. He's, you know, completely mind-numb. Like, like yeah. he's just dumbed down. Mm-hmm. So Caesar picks up the gun and puts it to the colonel's head. Yeah. And you can see this turmoil, and the CGI is so good in it where it keeps on showing 
Caesar's expression. Yeah. And the colonel is smart enough to still take the gun and put it to his forehead. Uh-huh. He's like, he wants to die. Yeah. And yeah. Caesar's like there. And it's just this moment where you just keep on seeing Caesar's, you know, his, his expression and this anger and hate in his eyes. And he finally relinquishes. Like, he doesn't do it. Yeah. And he puts the gun down. Which I, which I thought, what do you think a moment like that for Caesar was? Like, do you think that was him overcoming the hate he had, or? I think it's overcoming the hate. Not, I, feel, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily overcoming the hate as much as it's. Letting the pain go that he had? Or? Not, like, not only that, but I'm not Koba. Like, I'm yeah. not, you know, maybe I am I'm, I am better than this. I, yeah. I am a better leader. But at know? the same time, it did kind of feel like since he didn't do it, since mm-hmm. he was like letting him like suffer mm-hmm. i was just like like i thought that was actually worse like when he didn't kill him when he didn't put him out of his misery i was just yeah because like, because he asked for it. yeah i was like He's damn like, really caesar you're not gonna do that it, like because he kills that one guy with simeon yeah earlier yeah He's like he pity kills him yeah exactly with yeah. no problem yeah but in this one it's like he could have done the pity kill and instead like it's because he wanted it. But I think so, also by doing it would also justify his vengeance. Yeah, there was like a really gray area there. So yeah, he yeah. was probably just like, I don't want anything to do with this. I, I love that scene. And the other scene I love is whenever his son and wife get killed. Yeah. Whenever um, he runs in and he sees the colonel for the first time. Yeah. And he's about to run out the waterfall. Yeah. And you just see this close up of Caesar's face. And then it, he pans to the left, mm-hmm. and he sees the two dead bodies. Yeah. And then it pans back over, and it's all slow-mo. And there's just so much expression, just him looking, yeah. and looking over. <laughs> and then there's a sadness, and then it turns to anger, like yeah, that. Like Boom. that, yeah. And it, it, it's such a great shot. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, it was really well done, yeah. Just his character as a whole. Like, if I get a dog anytime soon... I'm gonna name it Caesar. Yeah, like Caesar. I'm just like Christ. That's yeah, so... he's awesome. Yeah, That's he's great. one of the best. Or if you like... Get a monkey. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> get a little, yeah, get a little monkey. monkey. Yeah. No, it was um, yeah, it was just so freaking good. It was there. I just don't know like how these movies can be this. Good. Yeah. <laughs> They're ridiculous. And then yeah, so Caesar. That that was only my real gripe with the movie was that he was hurt. That not even early on because it's the end of the movie, but he's hurt, and then like they go through a while before they get to the, it's just a montage of them like kind of traveling. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the area, like the promised land mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And they, which I definitely picked on. I want to go, I kind of want to look at the other movies now with this in mind, but it feels like a very almost Exodus Moses kind of thing going on. I looked Charles and Hessen was in the original plan. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was in the, the original Ten Commandments too. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like this, like, moses kind of thing where like it was i was just thinking where caesar is like not even just in this movie though but like so like in moses in the bible like he's sent uh down a stream because like babies are being killed and then he's like the royal family picks him up and so moses is raised as as, like a member of the royal family with like the pharaoh and everything and then he finds out his other family like his real family is like slaves and all this kind of stuff yeah and so that kind of feels like what caesar is too not so much where he finds out but where he is a, an ape mm-hmm. and he's raised by humans and he thinks this whole entire time that he is a human. And mm-hmm. then he goes back to the slaves, the apes or whatever. He goes back and he helps them and he helps them escape and he stays with them. And even in the, uh, even in the Moses story of the Bible, like Moses, they wander the desert for 40 like years 
and they finally find the promised land, but Moses dies before they get to it. He mm-hmm. never steps foot on the promised land. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like in this movie too, where they're like finally escaping they're finally leaving they're finally going somewhere else. And there wasn't as much emphasis on it in the movie, sure. but uh, they're still going somewhere else. And Caesar, he gets there and I mean, yeah, I guess he steps foot on it cause he hangs there for a second and sits down with Maurice, but he dies. Like mm-hmm. he gets to the promised land and then he just dies. And so it's just, I thought that that was like an interesting way to look at it where it's like kind of this mirroring of the Moses tale and how he's leading people that are his people and he's leading them and taking care of them Mm -hmm. and making sure they have a good life. But yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely recommendation. Yeah. Any, any, anything else you got for that? I'm trying to think of other stuff. It's Uh, just so well done. Yeah. We're at, we're at like an hour and 48 right now. So (laughs) we're okay. Well, uh, I guess we can uh, probably wrap it up with, uh, what would you give the award to? I want to, I I have in mind what it is, but I have to look it up real quick. Do you know what, what you want to give the award to? I'm going to give my award because I know that he will never make the Academy Award for doing this, but I give it to Andy Circus. Oh, okay. Yeah um he like yeah he does the mocap and the, and the voice, voice for he, caesar yeah, he's he basically is caesar the academy awards have a role against people that do full motion capture cgi characters just, just they ridiculous can't, they, can't yeah. a, they, they can't win an academy award for best supporting a best lead or can't get nominated what i'm saying not saying that he's doing better than any other lead actor but i definitely think that he should be considered in some way or at least get recognition yeah um what he's amazing what do you think of that do you think that mocap actors should be able to win awards yeah um yeah. if they put on a <clears throat> award worthy performance why not yeah yeah definitely especially if it's if it's them doing the voice and doing the acting and doing the motion capture I yeah mean, that's more that's yeah. more than the regular actor actor does, actors you know? do, yeah. and you have to you have to act even more yeah because you got to get not only what a normal actor does, but what a voice actor does yeah, as well. So absolutely. you have to hit on both positions, yeah. as well as being super expressive, yeah. So that the mo, you know, the mocap actually picks up on it, and like you can see, and there's some amazing mocap. Like even Maurice, there's some really close shots. Oh my where god, he looks he real in every anything scene. Or yeah. even sign anything. Yeah. Where he first meets Nova, yeah, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he hands her the doll and oh stuff like that. And he's God. trying to figure out, like, what her problem is. It just shows his eyes. It's and he so just freaking good. Yeah. little expression. I, can't, like, I honestly cannot see where Maurice is faking any of these films. Yeah. I'm like, Maurice looks like the most realistic one. Even the little, I was noticing in this movie, because, you know, he's a orangutan, so he's got that flat face. The little hairs he has on, like, his cheeks and everything. Yeah. It's there. Like, yeah. I'm just sitting there, like, imagining how they feel if you, like, touch his cheek or yeah. whatever. It's... It's insane. <laughs> but, <laughs> like the noise he makes. But you, so you're giving the award to Andy Serkis? Yeah, absolutely. Andy Serkis. He, yeah. he deserves it, absolutely. Yeah, and, and he's directing a movie that we talked about that's coming out in a couple that, months. By... It's his directorial <laughs> debut called Breathe, starring Andrew Garfield, that looks like complete Oscar fodder. Oh my god. It looks... You were reading the, the synopsis for it, and I was like, nope, done. Yeah, it's like... a true story about a man co- overcoming polio. It's like... <laughs> Are you making this movie because you want to make it? Or are you making it because you want like, to get it? Does he know someone? Like, I'm going to get an Academy Polly. Award somehow. I may not make it for Caesar oh, or for man. doing anything that I'm good yeah. at, but I'm going to make it somehow. Yeah, so. he's he's going for it. But uh, yeah, the and award... Black Panther. I can't wait to see him in Black Panther. Oh yeah, that's right. He's yeah, Paul. Yep, so. that's right. Yeah, but yeah, he's definitely worthy of an award in this. <laughs> so I had to look up uh, this. So I'm giving my award to story slash plot because I think. Not only is this one of the best trilogies or sci-fi trilogies we have of this generation, but I think it's Absolutely. one of the best well-written, one of the best like 
everything matters everything's set up like themes that are themes are consistent throughout all three movies things are consistent throughout like everything makes sense every it's its own world that they successfully created but what i'm giving the award specifically to is matt mark bombeck and matt reeves because they wrote they co-wrote the movie yeah so i'm definitely giving it to them because i was the subplots and the main plot that are going on in that movie they're they're talking about humans fighting humans, humans fighting apes, apes trying to escape and go to their own place, the simian flu evolving, apes evolving. Like, they're covering so much in this movie. And not only is it, like, original stuff that they're coming up with, but it's evolving organically from everything else in yeah, the first sure. two movies. And it's goddamn. It's, it is, I, I'm going to look up this script and go back and read it now. Because it is, I thought it was a masterwork of, it like, what they're, of writing. I'm like actually they, so excited for the 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 Batman yeah yeah Matt definitely Reeves yeah if Matt Reeves because Matt Reeves is co-writing and directing yeah because like yeah. yeah, apparently Ben Affleck was doing all that stuff and yeah. now even with his scripts like he's only focusing on acting mm-hmm. but even with the original script they had Matt Reeves is like nope we're we're going we're going to go back ability, and, yeah, so, we're going to go um, back and rewrite I, that this. makes it really exciting. and the whole time I was thinking that even how the movie looks how it looks like darker yeah like. That that would be my second thing we give the award to. Not story, but but cinematography. Oh like yeah, how everything there was looks. gorgeous shots, and there one of my favorite shots is shots. those those three recently killed uh, executed soldiers yeah. when it shows them like the uh, above shot yeah, where it's just their the graves and their, their red stain on their chest, mm-hmm. and they just recently been shot and like a layer of snow covered their dead yeah, bodies, and that was it. Yeah, there's some there's great so shots. It's good. Yeah, whenever there that that first action scene. Yeah, whenever you're looking at their um, Jesus, their, their yeah. not barrier, but um trench yeah you got like a trench yeah and there's like trees that are all high and behind it and yep. just like gunfire going both ways and yeah spears going where it was everywhere. going overhead and you saw yeah. the tracer bullets going yeah, through it was like oh my like, god yeah, it's amazing it's incredible so yeah they know exactly what they're doing um another thing to mention is michael what's his last name the comp- comp- composer of this movie uh giacchino G- he did. Uh, he's done other stuff like he did uh, Spider- Lost or, and uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. That yeah, we talked he about did last Homecoming. He did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and uh, Star Trek Beyond. He did Star the Trek. and the first he, Star Trek also. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, okay, cool. Trek. But yeah, he. We just talked about Spider-Man: Homecoming last week, yeah. and then we went and saw another movie that he composed this week. War, yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes. So this guy is definitely in Holly. Like he's making money right now. Mm-hmm. He's doing. And he's doing a good job. I didn't. I really, I really like the the score for this. Movie. I like. Yeah, the really score for it. this movie was good too. I like the I, tribal drums they use also for. Yeah. Bunch of like yeah. And they feel. did that in the beginning too. Uh, the 20th Fox Century Fox. Like dun, yeah. dun, 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 they were using the uh, the tribal drums with it. I was telling you earlier though, I didn't like his work. The music he did and Donna's Planet of the Apes, yeah, because it was very like I just don't like Danny Elfman that much, and it was very like Danny Elfman esque, where it was like really like yeah, it was yeah. weird because they were doing dark stuff in the movie, and you'd see like an ape walking like boom, 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 yeah, yeah. like what the fuck is yeah, this? Like this one yeah. really fit though. Yeah, yeah, he got like a lot. It, it, it has a Danny Elfman feel to this one also on some a little bit, a certain parts, yeah. But I I thought it still worked, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was oh my god, it was so fucking good. Yeah. And then uh that's it. We'll just go ahead and wrap. I was gonna say what we're seeing next week, but we'll just say that later. Yeah. Uh but yeah, War for the Planet of the Apes definitely definitely worth checking out <laughs> and yeah. watching the other ones. I'm buying this when it comes out on Blu ray so I can have the Caesar Pretty, trilogy yeah, going on. The collection. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's amazing. But best, uh, best trilogy in so the last few years yeah. since since the Captain America trilogy. Yeah, it's so freaking it's the last good. one that was really solid yeah. all the way through. Definitely. But this one's better. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I just had a better so. first. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the first Avenger is like okay. Like, yeah. I, I didn't think it's it was good. amazing, but yeah. yeah, it was it was good. But uh, yeah, that's uh, cool. War for the Planet of the Apes. So we're just gonna wrap it up with our recommendation corner. Yeah. The things that we were talking about, like we wanna tr- we wanna like give our input of like things that we're checking out over that the past the week. Movie we're talking. Yeah. About. So like other forms of media that we're enjoying: video games, books, comic books, other movies, like a TV show that we're watching or whatever. Sure. I don't know about well, yeah, I do know because we've talked about it before. You you've seen at least. Did you watch all of the first season of Preacher? No. Oh, okay. No. But Preacher um, is my <clears throat> favorite comic book series of all it time. It is. But incredible. I haven't watched the whole yeah. first season. I haven't finished the comic book yet, but I'm working on it. But I love the first uh, season. They're saying this as Jesse Custer is my my <laughs> he's my, your my pop screen holder. Yeah, he's like weighing down your pop screen. But um, so uh, Preacher season two is going on right now, and it's like four episodes in. So fucking good. That's what it's here. So really good. It's like I mean, I'm already I, I already have a few shows that I catch every week. Like when Better Call Saul is on, I watch that. When mm-hmm. I'm a huge Supergirl fan, when Supergirl's on, mm-hmm. I DVR and I watch it every week. Those two are on season breaks right now, so they're waiting for the season threes to start up. But Preacher season two just started like two weeks ago, and it is phenomenal. Yeah, it is really amazing. Like I, I'm still a decent fan of the walking dead, but like I said earlier, the last season burned me on it. And I was like, so I have super low expectations for the walking dead now. And I'm like, all right, like it used to be one of my favorite shows, but like preacher just replaced it. Nice. I'm like, I'm done. All right. Awesome. The walking dead's fun, but preacher is incredible. Seth Rogen and Evan gold something, I think, or Evan whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's like, so them two yeah, are the like, writing partners since high school. Oh, really? Yeah, they've been they've been a duo, um, super bad. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. They co-wrote that back in high school, Jesus and it was about Christ. them. Like, if you watch yeah. Super Bad, yeah, 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 Jonah Hill is Jonah Hill, Michael Seth, Sarah, yeah, yeah, and Michael Sarah's character character's name is Evan. Oh, okay. So it's actually supposed to be them in high school. Nice. It's like semi-biographical. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're well, whatever they're doing, like they need to keep it up because they are killing it on oh, Preacher season great, two, they? and they're it's the it's like. The tone that they they know exactly what tone they're going for. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up and it's weird and it's funny. Like the comics, yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. Comics. It's like Super really messed up. But they like they're doing original stuff. They're not following the comics exactly, but they're telling the story like their own their own story with it. But it still has the same like feel that the comics does. And one thing that's blowing me away uh, with each episode that has action in it is that they're they're understanding more and more how to film action sequences and more specifically fight scenes. Because, you know, in the comic, Preacher, uh, Jesse Custer is, like, a badass. Like, he won't take He's anyone's shit. Like, he'll, fighter. yeah, he'll, like, brawl with someone. He'll fucking take him out. He'll pull out a gun or whatever. Not really. He never uses guns. Does he not? No. I thought he did he, it a couple he, he of times. He hates guns. He uses, he picks one up uh, one okay. time. Oh, okay. Fair but enough. he hates yeah. it because of uh, what happened Tulip to his father. Tulip usually has guns. Though. Tulip yeah. has guns. There but he hates go. guns because okay. of what happened to his dad. Yep, that's right, because his dad gets mm-hmm. shot in the head. Oh. He is killing it the guy who plays on dominic something cooper Cooper, yeah i think that's it he's playing uh jesse custer and he just he is devoted to his fight scenes the directors who shoot there season two has had four episodes Mm -hmm. so far and there's been two really good uh fight scenes and what i love about them i'm a really big fan of long takes Mm -hmm. where you don't cut away from something where you just show something that's one continuous take and two of the episodes out of the four episodes they've had for season two so far have had fight scenes with long takes in them. Nice. And they're incredible. Where Jesse is just like fight like in one fight scene, he's fighting like four people. Mm-hmm. And he's just like batting people off and like whooping ass. And then in the last episode that just happened, 
you could tell they did some cuts at one point because sure. like they had this way where like you'll do a digital cut where you imply that it's one take, but instead what they do is the camera gets so close to something as the action's happening. So they like Je- Jesse would get punched and knocked back, and the, he'd like bump into the camera. So the camera would be covered in blackness and then come back out, and they'd still be fighting. But that's a cut. That's yeah. like a digital cut. Yeah, that's like, that's like that music video trick. Yeah, do, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do that a lot in uh, Birdman, Birdman too. Like it's yeah. like one cut. Yeah, I mean everybody not... knows it's. It, yeah, because they like do like special like effects. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like it's one continuous cut, but they do that in Preacher too, and it's just so fucking good. And mm-hmm. the guy who plays Cassidy is spot fucking on yeah. like he is cassidy out of the comic comes to life yeah. like he's, he's even more punk rock than the uh comic one yeah it's it's he's ridiculous tattoos and everything but that's uh yeah it's preacher it's uh season two it's on amc it's an amc original mm-hmm. right now amc kind of seems to be doing that thing where they take comic book properties and kind of turn them into yeah. they did it with the walking dead now they're doing it with preacher i'm pretty sure they did it with one other one but i can't know I was gonna say Outcast, but that was. Talk about uh, wanting to do something else. Uh, they might have Outcast is done by Cinemax. Do another Robert Kirkman one called Thief of Thieves. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if that's still in development or not. Yeah, I've heard of that though. But yeah, Preacher season two, it's currently on AMC right now. So if you nice. want to get caught up, I think I don't think the first season is on Netflix, but if you have like Hulu, it's yeah, probably it's I think it's Hulu. on there, so you mm-hmm. can catch up. But. That's that's what I've been watching this week, and I'll try not to retread that every week as we're yeah. talking because I'm yeah. going I'm going to be watching that every week. Oh, um, uh... I this week I ordered a couple things from Mondo Tees. Oh, okay, uh, Mondo Tees for anybody that doesn't know is a super awesome website that they basically. Is that where you get your Pulp Fiction tea? No, no, I oh, got okay. this on Shirt Punch. <laughs> oh, okay. um, they sell film score vinyls. Um, oh cool film apparel and uh film art nice um they have different artists come on and do a bunch of different uh prints and stuff and they have their own gallery in texas where they have their different film prints like all over the place um actually if you have us on facebook i posted one of them uh one of our posts for the dawn for the planet of the apes that comic book artist eric powell did he did a poster for it uh, and it's it's super awesome. Yeah. But this week they reissued the Fight Club soundtrack. Uh, oh, okay. Vinyl. Yeah. Two disc vinyl. Um, and so I ordered that. And isn't it, that isn't that done by some like duo the, called like the, the Dust Brothers? Oh, okay. Yeah. The the uh, the Dust Brothers. So I ordered that, and I ordered their monthly magazine. That's a full Plan of the Apes issue. So oh, talk cool. About all behind the scenes, the different movies. And nice. Okay. More original art from Eric Powell. Yeah. Who also, Eric Powell puts out an amazing comic. He's the uh, artist and writer yeah. of The Goon. So, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. Check you out told The me Goon. It's yeah. incredible. What else? I also, um, this week, the last issue of the second arc of Kill or Be Killed came out. Oh, cool. Okay. Which I got you um, into. Which yeah, is I read the first trailer, but it was really fucking yeah, good. It's a yeah. super awesome. Ed, 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 Brubaker Ed Brubaker and Sean yeah. Phillips. Yeah. It's a uh, comic, uh, noir comic, crime, okay. crime fiction. Yeah. Um, about a kid that's basically, um, not kid, you know, young adult. Yeah, yeah. That's adult. plagued by this demon who's after he attempts to kill himself that's like hey i'll let you live you owe me one life a month yeah <laughs> or i'm gonna kill you it's so crazy yeah and so he's so this guy like goes out at least the trade paperback that i read he yeah like tries to find he starts doing vigilante yeah. justice so he tries to find people that deserve to die yeah 
And um, right now where this arc ended, it's ended in quite a twist. Yeah. So now we're kind of in this place, but that's one thing where now cops are getting involved and Oof. he's having a lot of problems personally and it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting real good. So next nice. month we'll see where it goes. And it's great picking up the um, single issues of the comics because with most Ed Brubaker projects, you get a little bit more bang for your bucks. You get the story, and at the end, you get like a news section where he's like, "Hey, here's what I'm reading yeah. and watching now." So you get a lot of recommendations, and then he has an article um, written by somebody. Like yeah. it can be either an editorial by some type of reporter or journalist, or it could be something written by like Patton Oswalt. Oh, cool! Or yeah. a, a different like comic book writer or something talking about a noir film or yeah. a crime film that they enjoy that they'll recommend and talk nice. to, okay. like have a two-page like article about it and all the intricacies and in what they feel about yeah, it yeah yeah so for most of this comic series has been all vigilante films like death wish and oh, Old Boy cool. and revenge films yeah. so uh, i would highly recommend that nice yeah i'll have to i'll have to go pick that up then because i yeah you told me about the first one and i like picked it up on a whim at uh mega comics yeah. here in gainesville yeah, you can get the first one for 10 bucks yeah it's so freaking good yeah yeah he's well, awesome so we're going to do a uh like letters and whatever like message thing um like where people just give us like questions or comments or whatever so we're trying to do that eventually yeah, and, we, and the podcast we had like one person like yeah, ask yeah, us and, uh, my buddy jade um who's been supporting this show before it even came out he yeah was really interested in seeing... didn't he leave something on like a face, yeah, facebook yeah. He, post uh, he commented on one of the facebook posts at uh talking about war for the planet of the apes he said i'm interested in hearing the spoilers or not i was hoping by the third movie the apes would be much more evolved and caesar would be long gone or something from the trailer it doesn't look like much has happened since the last movie yeah um, which is kind of true like nothing's is, yeah. like the only thing that's happened is that it's it's very much the repercussions of the second movie. Mm-hmm. Like Koba forced all that fighting stuff, and yeah. so Caesar is very much like facing the repercussions of that. Where the <laughs> other humans are coming to help the military people yeah. that the people in the second movie called. They're coming to hunt down the apes now, mm-hmm. and so unfortunately, like it sounds like he, your friend, your buddy Jade, like wants Caesar gone, and Caesar's like this is Caesar's story. Well, I this think whole he feels is. like he wants it, you know to start turning more into plan the apes like yeah. it feels like it, he thought it was going to already jump into the future but really like we mentioned that this trilogy is really about caesar probably yeah. the next trilogy because i'm sure they're going to do another set of three oh yeah it's going to be yeah. the rise of cornelius which yeah will probably yeah lead into <sighs> I can't which will wait. lead into the the very first plan the apes I films cannot but wait. uh oh, yeah i could definitely see where he's coming from yeah but thanks for the comment yeah you know but i'll you can we have an email where yeah. we're, we're can the email us for the uh questions uh they can you can either email us at and the award goes to podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook uh, and the award goes to i think it's also podcast on there just search for and the award goes to and mm-hmm. you'll be able to find it and they were also on twitter and i believe our twitter name is also and the award goes to i'm not sure um, i hope so <laughs> It should be, yeah. I did what it. else would be under? <laughs> yeah, it's and the award goes to all one word. Um, a A T A G T pod. That's mm-hmm. our like one of our tags or whatever. Our buddy uh, Megan, she texted me over the week. She was letting us know that she enjoyed the show and she was watching. Uh, Lo- I'm gonna get a weekly update from her every week Good. on what she thinks of Lost because she's rewatching Lost right now because I'm the biggest Lost fan mm-hmm. and I was just like Lost is. I have a freaking Dharma initiative tattoo. 
and everyone always thinks it's like Jackie Chan Adventures or something, but I'm like, no, it's no, Lost. It's not. I, I, I really like Lost. I was trying to get her into it for the longest. I was like preaching the gospel of Lost like years ago. And so she's finally, I guess, watched it on Netflix. And she was, I was like, oh, cool. What do you think? And she's like, that's all right. <laughs> she's like three episodes in and she's like, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to find <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm going to find out every week from her, like what she thinks of it. And then, and then tell everyone on the podcast, it's going to, going to be like the weekly lost update from me. Did you ever watch lost? I didn't watch all day. I watched some episodes. Oh, okay. I, what I saw, uh, yeah. I know that, you know, I like JJ Abrams. I know yeah. Brian K Vaughn wrote for a while. Yeah. He did for a while back that, in like uh, season some, three or season four. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I think they had a couple of different people. Brian K Vaughn was the bigger one. Yeah. He was really involved in it. Yeah. But I remember there, there being some pretty big names that wrote for it at one point or another. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably gonna go back and, and check yeah, it it's, out. it's definitely worth it. It's it's been my Netflix queue for like ever. It's it, it turns into the craziest thing, and since it's on ABC, I think just since it got ruined for me, the ending got ruined for me. Oh yeah, that I'm just like, eh. well, it depends on what you heard about the ending then, because a lot of people misunderstand the ending. Like yeah, I'm sure. one of those guys that I'm just like, yeah. I like I'm not trying to sound conceited here, but. I understood the ending and a lot of people didn't. And so a lot of people say, I mean, there's other people that understand it too, but a lot of people say something and I'm like, no, that's not it at all. Like there was a very big, like, I'm not going to spoil really anything, but a lot of people think that they were dead the whole time. And that's not what it is. Hmm. So I usually have to explain that to people. People were like, I didn't like the ending of Lost because they were dead the whole time. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no. And then I have to like rant at them for 10 minutes and tell them why that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, it's really good. So when you yeah. get around to it, you should definitely, yeah, for sure. definitely um, check it out. Other than that, uh, next week we are going to be in Orlando seeing a 70mm cut of the film we're going to see yeah. next week. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Yeah. So we'll see uh, that will be up next week. We'll end up posting that next week. This will, you know, by the time you hear it now, I guess it's already posted, so that's pointless. But yeah, yeah next yeah. week, we Dunkirk. Got, we got art being worked on, all the art for the shows being worked on by uh, Rob Barnes and Lil Mike. Old Dirty Rob and Little Mike at Death or Glory Tattoo Parlor in Gainesville, Florida. Great guys, great artists. Yeah, they're gonna do some artist art stuff for us, where we can have like an official picture yeah. for the podcast. Or because right now I just like googled like Oscar awards, mm-hmm. and I just like, yeah. just, like don't save the <laughs> I just like save the award picture. I was like, whatever. And yeah, I just right. like use that. It's so that's for a template. That's fine. And yeah. we should have a theme music pretty. Uh, yeah, soon. hopefully we'll have like a little song or something. I'm trying to get my buddy Aaron for now for this episode or not. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's in here, then we got it. But yeah, I don't, I don't the, know when it's yeah, gonna be. It will be hopefully within next week yeah. or so. But next week yeah we're seeing dunkirk uh orlando i think is one of the only theaters in close florida that at least close to us yeah that has like Miami. yeah but they have uh 70 millimeter technology so they're able yeah, the to projector. run the yeah they're able to run the 70 millimeter film which yeah, we saw is supposed to, eight as we did yeah it was gorgeous yeah it was mm-hmm. awesome is this uh is dunkirk supposed to be like the whole movies in 70 millimeter yeah. or because i know Christopher Nolan has messed with IMAX stuff before, and it's like, oh, some of the movie was shot no, no, in IMAX, one, he, but not he all of it. And... For the whole film to be seen oh, okay, seventy cool. millimeter, just like Quentin so Tarantino. Wild, yeah, Quentin Tarantino intended all of Hateful Eight to be in yeah. seventy millimeter. That was a gorgeous film. Too. Yeah, Jesus Christ. As long as uh, I just hope that we get another good projectionist because we saw Hateful Eight, we got a really good projectionist. Yeah, this one hope we have one because if he, it's not on his shit, it can go really bad. Which what, I'm sure what, they're going. Why well, is that? Because it can either screen it the wrong way where part of the next row will be at the very top or the very oh, bottom so you huh. see what's about to happen. Yeah. And also if you don't line it up right, the sound will be off. 
Oh, wow. And also, if you aren't cutting it right, then the yeah, film can potentially burn up. Because this is, like, super old school stuff, <laughs> yeah, isn't actually, it? Yeah. yeah. But it, like, looks amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, That'd cool. be cool. But, yeah, next episode will be Dunkirk from mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan. I think written and directed by... Yeah, I think he sure. maybe got his brother to... Because he, he writes with Jonathan Nolan a lot, yeah. like his brother there. If, he, if he's not busy with Westworld, then he did. Oh, yeah. And that's amazing also, <laughs> Jesus Christ, so. Westworld. Yeah, but all right, everyone. That's our thoughts on War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, go check it out. For... Check out the whole series. Yeah, it's incredible. That's it. So we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.